Mother Righteous is taking over. Ooh. Woof. Woof indeed. Freaking Mother Righteous. That That's like, ah, it's scary. It's it's good. It's a little over the place, you know, a little much. But at the same time, I still love her. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to, right? Thank you, Mother Righteous. No, don't say that. Hey, welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm a disciple of Mother Righteous. That is unfortunate for you, Justin. Oh, you see was, how I did that? That was nice. That was you slick. Did, you that see was how slick. I did that? Oh, yeah, because it's really, it's Justin here. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Well, we're back in it with uh, many, many books. Many books. Many, many, many. So the other, sometimes I just come up with the openings on the fly and... I'll mull around a couple of ideas, uh-huh. and, and the other one that I was kicking around was it's like Goldilocks of comic books. Like last week was not enough. This one almost too much, but I didn't like that because it wasn't too much. <laughs> it was great. I loved it. Oh man! Well, let's talk about what it is that we are talking about today. Give me that rundown. We've got the Marvel Unlimited, our Digi, our Digi comic for the week. X Men Unlimited number ninety. We're continuing on with the X-Men Green story. Then we've got the Invincible Iron Man, number seven. Highest level. Bishop War College, number five. Mutant First Strike, Before the Fall, number one. X-Men, number 23. And Immortal X-Men, number 12. That stack. It was the biggest stack of comics I think I've ever gotten from the comic shop because it wasn't just those oh it was also spider-man the dance lot adjective list spider-man uh daredevil mm-hmm. the walking dead yep deluxe uh there was there were a couple others and then plus the three tangies from two weeks ago that oh, never right. came in and then i also got the trading card variant of x-men 23 just pop 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 Wow. Biggest poll ever. So many books. But that's not news, but you know what is? News? The news! Let's do it! News. All right. Well, we're starting off. News. We're starting off the news with a versus, a four issue miniseries coming to us by. Mr. Benjamin Percy. Oh. Predator versus Wolverine. Oh. You know who the Predator is, right? Yeah, like Alien Predator. That yeah, Alien of. versus Predator. Sure. Now it's Predator versus Wolverine because Predator was a property owned by 20th Century Fox. Disney now owning that oh, in addition geez, to Marvel. They can do whatever they want with these properties. That's why. Whatever they want. Whatever they wish. That's why they had the Planet of the Apes covers mm. a couple months ago all those different apes all them apes all them apes yeah josh was drawing those i think i saw them on the internets yeah he drew a couple or at least one and so predator versus wolverine not unclear if it is alternate reality or we're just saying the predator just, exists in the marvel universe throwing that in you know there you go Krakoan era predator <laughs> it does have a corner box that says 20th century fox and the cover is a Weapon X styled Wolverine. Oh, so I don't know, you know. Is he another project of the Weapon Plus? Is he involved with that? That's kind of interesting. I don't know. We'll see. We'll find out. Yeah, because we'll read it. Yeah, we'll probably will read it. Ah, ooh. The, the, sinister, 
You can't, you can't just be like, ah, and then not say anything. There was a book this week that I didn't pick up. Oh. What? Yeah. Oh, snap. Oh, the what truth comes mean? out. What do you mean? It was a Deadpool like period piece by Rad Lifefield. Oh, okay. And it just has nothing to do with anything, and I didn't want it. I okay. didn't want it. All right. Executive decision. You can't really just do that all the time, just so you know. <laughs> all right. I need to be consulted on these things. All right. But you consulted? How do you I feel? I confer. All right. Confer? No. Not a word. No, it's a word. It's but just... not appropriate for this. Correct. I concur? That's the one. That's the one. You want to take it again? Nope. Or, no. Well, <laughs> this is my true self. There we go. The Sinister Four. We had some preview art oh, revealed yes. the other day that I posted on Instagram showing a little self-love or, or uh, a reuniting of former loves, as and we'll now, find out now, details. Yeah, do you feel differently about those preview pages after reading this week's issues? Yeah, it's it's less creepy slash it's a little still because I we're going to get into it in X-Men, but oh, man. Yeah. So it's Stasis and Mother Righteous on the cover. And in the interior. Of the preview. Of the preview. And there was uh, also a, a variant cover that I posted with the X-Men kind of surrounded by this giant version of Stasis and Mother Righteous. It seems like they are the new Marvel It couple oh, uh, about to take down everybody. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a Mikhail Rasputin article oh. on Marvel.com oh. in the news. Because you got to know so much about because him because he's he, coming in hot. He's coming in hot. I always, you got to look at those as clues, right? Where we're we going, what's happening next. He's in the background, especially with the Colossus issue coming homework. out this week, right? Do your homework. Marvel's like, hey, we even did the homework for you. You just got to read it. That's it. You don't have to do right. anything. Uh, just read this book, prepare for the test. There was a, so Mikhail in the comics, he, he disappears from a, I think it was like a, a space mission gone wrong and he, he, he disappears i think he went to an alternate reality deep story i didn't actually read the article i just skimmed it but there's this panel <laughs> you did not do your homework i did not there's this panel i'm giving i'm passing the homework on to you all oh oh you're giving us the like cliff notes version yeah yeah, yeah. there's this panel of colossus meeting with mikhail for the first time in ever since he disappeared and he's like oh we also have a sister and he's like a sister how old is she and he says, well, it depends on who you ask, because it's shortly after the time that she was aged up and then de-aged and then uh, unclear as to Eliana. how old she was. Yeah. But right before she dies. Before she dies. What? Hey, the ultimate universe is coming back. We, we knew Ultimate Invasion, the four issue miniseries or such bigger miniseries, because that first issue has like a nine dollar price tag. Ooh, I'm oh. assuming it's a huge issue. Yeah, because like, what? Ah, I'm almost not interested. But but you're interested. Sure, fine. Begrudgingly. There is going to be a series coming after that by Hickman with art by Stefano Casali. Okay. Featuring a cover of some Ultimate Ultimates, the, the ultimate version of the Avengers. Basically the inspiration for the MCU in a lot mm, of respects. Cool. So that's coming, I think, in November. We'll see how that is. What happens? Keep your eyes and ears on Marvel. So I had shared this in our story with a little gif of mixed emotions underneath mm -hmm. it. because Feelings. I, feelings. Feelings. And Bruce who 33 wanted to know why, what those mixed emotions were. I genuinely loved the Ultimate Universe. It mm -hmm. was at a time that I was collecting. It was at a time when I was a kid and just... 
I, at that point, had only read certain sections of comics, specifically Spider-Man comics. Ultimate Spider-Man, loved it. Ultimate X-Men, loved it. Until, towards the end, everything kind of went crazy and terrible. (laughs) But then it ended, and I just feel like I don't... I don't want to go back. You know, it, it's like mm. a complete story. It it had a terrible ending. Yes, but it had an ending. You feel like that chapter is closed. That chapter is closed. And, you know, Hickman is great. So I'm sure he's going to do something amazing with it. But I just, and then how long is he going to stick with it? Is it going to be the whole thing? Is it then going to pass on to somebody else? Mm. This is a little bait and switch action. I don't know. Do you think it is going to pick up where the other one left off or be tied into the other one? Or do you think it's going to be like a whole new take? Uh, well, just what happened with Secret Wars and Battle World and the destruction of that universe. I feel like it would need to be a new take of sorts. Mm. But could be interesting, but could also just be getting the band, get back together. Could also just be getting the band back together again. and Hence the mixed emotions. Mixed emotions churn together. Across the Spider-Verse premiered, yeah. had a huge opening weekend. We saw it on Saturday. Loved it. Great. So good. So good. Already walking out of the theater planning our, our next visit. Yeah. Uh, we've since seen Into the Spider-Verse. Again. Again. And are going back. Yes. Very excited. Very excited. It's unbelievable what they do with the animation in that film. Yeah. Like, it's so visually pleasing. And I've just been, like, you know, TikTok seeing interview snippets here and there. And just, like, the talking of, like, different characters, animation styles based on, like, how they interact with the other characters in the Spider-Verse or, like their individual worlds all having different animation qualities to them hmm. it's really cool yeah, i'm obviously yeah. not going to say anything specific yeah. right now because it's we're so not trying new. to spoil it it's just out a week go see it though yeah it, definitely see it it like quadrupled the opening weekend take from the first movie just because of how that really was a word of mouth everybody said oh yeah this is great much better i mean it's rated pg it's an animated movie was not on the people's radar until mm. People started talking about it. I was like, no, this is amazing. This is what I will say that is not a spoiler. But if you were like me and you knew that there were three movies, but you didn't know that the second one is basically a part one and the third one is a part two, just know that it ends abruptly. It ends abruptly and the movie feels like it's a bit jarring. And especially if you don't know. The and entire theater the, erupted. All the children in the theater were like yelling. No! What? Honestly, it was so kind of funny. Just prepare yourself. <laughs> just Pre- be ready. I've seen a lot of people not aware of that. I not knew. Happy. You didn't know. I did not know. I knew there were three, but I didn't realize that the second one was going to just like end. No, I, I knew that from the beginning, from the first announcements of the movie that it was a part one, part two. There was, I mean, I'll say it real quick because we're talking about movies. They changed the name of the Captain America movie yes. from New World Order to Brave New World. Yes, I've seen some things that New World Order had some negative connotations around it, which is why. It's the pro wrestling group, you know. It's... What? You don't know uh, NWO. I'm, I'm dating myself. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. But I think, yeah, so they changed it. Brave New World. Yeah. Yeah. Hulk Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash. Okay. Well, I know. <laughs> Who they are. I just 
There you go. I just hey. didn't know they were like a thing together like that. Oh yeah, they had I shirts wasn't that interesting. and hats. I wasn't either. I had I had action figures because obviously. But let's hear let's hear that personal news. Okay. Oh, she's were prepared. You, were you testing me? Yeah. Oh, oh, funny. Okay, so this past weekend, I got to perform in a drag show at um, on Nantucket. It, which is an island off the coast of Massachusetts. And I got to perform with some friends of mine, my friend Alex, who is in Moulin Rouge on Broadway, was asked to be the drag queen for this show. And we put everything together in a couple of rehearsals and we went out to Nantucket. And I was just really excited because I've never performed in a drag show before and I got to be a drag backup dancer. And then when we got there, I found out that Nantucket has never had a drag show before. Mm. So we were the first drag show ever on Nantucket and on top of that the other kid who was the backup dancer with me it was his first ever pride event so it was just overall a really wonderful magical experience and everyone was so kind and so excited and so happy that this happened the um woman who put the whole thing together like came in our dressing room after with like tears in her eyes and she was like you changed something here today and then I started crying and it was so beautiful so my personal news, mm-hmm. it was my birthday last weekend. Yes. And I, I've i had like a, a, a budding curiosity in birds. Birds. It's, it's, it started as a joke, genuinely started as a joke that I said that I was going to become the Disney princess of this area <laughs> by just feeding the local wildlife and becoming their friends. And then it gradually became true to life as I have been learning more and more about birds. Mm-hmm. And Alicia got me a bird journal in addition to a bird button-down shirt that yes, I'm currently wearing. And in the true Winston fashion. Winston Bishop from New Girl, yep. And then Alicia's mom also Winnie got the Bish. a bird identification guide and kind of resource manual. And I just there is this family of mute swans down the street, <laughs> and I love them. They're so great. I check in on them almost daily. How are they doing? How they're doing. There's eight little babies and the two parents. And they, so swans are notorious for how protective they are of their family. And mm-hmm. just, they hate birds. They hate people. Anybody coming near them, they get really angry. And so I just kind of stood there and watched them flying around, swimming around the water. But then they came over to me. And just were hanging out right next to me, just walking around the banks. I took pictures. I sent them to Alicia. She was so upset. I was so upset this happened without me. Yeah. You didn't even tell them the best part about your presence, about the bird shirts. Oh, they. <laughs> so in addition to getting me a bird shirt, which was kind of spoiled because of the clear packaging from Amazon. Thanks a lot, Amazon. But the ultimate surprise as Alicia comes in the room wearing a matching bird shirt. I lost my mind. Uh, she she has said that she probably would never wear it outside of that one instance. Who knows? Who I knows? might. But... Who knows? If we ever want to make other people that we're with oddly uncomfortable. Sounds like something we would do. <laughs> Honestly, let's do that. Okay, great. So we have a poll. A poll. Four comics in the poll. Okay. Immortal X-Men, Mutant First Strike, Bishop War College, and X-Men. Immortal X-Men, 73%. Yes, Immortal X-Men. 
off on the percentage. Okay. 52%. Oh, wow. Way off. On Big the time. Percentage. Yeah, I didn't want to I didn't want to say that. I just but. did that because I was being salty. I just guessed real quick. Sure, sure. So 52% for Immortal. Who got number two? Mm, X-Men. It got to be. Got to be. Honestly, it was a contender for best book, I, I would say. It, likely one of the better issues of X-Men and yes. has been improving on and on. Yes. And then... That was 25%. Then Mutant First Strike. With... Mm, 12%. 23%. Okay. Giving us our second and deserved goose egg. Goose egg for Bishop. Bishop War College number five, zero percent. Did I do terrible math? Yeah, I did terrible. Oh, well, no. Because you weren't assuming that that it was zero, right? got something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, was, but I don't know why. That was a surprise, but not a surprise, but also neck and neck between X-Men and Mutant First Strike, mm. which that was interesting. So I got two general points from the people. General bits. What do we got? You want something light or something heavy first? I think let's start with the heavy and then cleanse the palate with yeah, the yeah. light. Yeah. BMCG2 said the Hellfire Gala is going to be rough. Yeah, it feels like it. Orcus has access to the gates. Wolverine clone robots and Stark Sentinels vomit emojis. I bet the five are the first targets. Crying emojis. I don't know if I can take it. Okay. Also, there's Nimrod. Sure. You know, because making threats on Omegas. Right. He's got he's got comments this week, so we need to make sure we factor him in. In multiple books. I. I mean, yeah, I could see them going for the five for sure because. That's the keys to resurrection, right? right? right. I had said back to him that I I wasn't sure just because that was the strategy for AXE Mm -hmm. was to go after, specifically go after the five. And would they try the same thing? I think that they're going to go for the Omegas first. I also think they might go specifically for Charles because there's that moment in the books this week where they're talking about how... Oh, not all mutants are bad, but one mutant just happened to say like something inside all of our brains. And right. what if that one mutant could make all the mutants turn against us? So it seems like take out the figurehead, right? Or maybe and like I don't think well they have to know in some capacity about the council. Yes. So well, no, they cause, definitely because of do. Moira, right? They so, definitely do. They also there was a a box where the Stark Sentinel identified Cyclops as a war captain. Right. So they have deep intel. Right. So I feel like they might go after the infrastructure of Krakoa. Which makes sense with that immortal cover of Charles on the banks of a beach with that sentinel statue and he's like all by himself. Yeah. So I'd say they're going for the council. They're going for the X-Men, like the team Mm. that is the face. And they're going for the war captains. Like, I think they're going for, like, who who's the power who are structures. the key players in sure. your structure? Right. How are you then going to create chaos amongst mm-hmm. the island? Who's yeah. going to then be there to take control right. or to hold power? That makes sense. So for the light, Captain Two Michael asks, which mutant is good at dancing? Which mutant is good at dancing? Kitty Pride, oh, Kate Pride, of course. of course. I mean, she did take all those ballet classes, dance classes, back in the eighties, and yeah, yeah, that's good. That's good. I my my gut said Spiral, 
but she's not a mutant. She's not a mutant. Oh, because of because of her name. <laughs> dance, dance. No, <laughs> she does a dance. Oh, in the animated series. Yeah, 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 yeah. all the time. Okay, yeah. I've definitely seen videos of that. But then I started to think about someone like Nightcrawler, who's very agile and light on his feet, mm-hmm. or someone like Dazzler, who yeah, Dazzler has a very a good dancer. feel for the beat and in a live performer and. So th- those. T- I also think Storm, of course, floats on air. Right, sure, for sure. And everything she does is magic. Yeah, with a C, not a K. Right. Hey, are you ready to groan through another week of X Men Green? Ugh, yeah, I'm ready to groan about it. That's Armag- for sure. Armageddon girl, and she's just tearing down the X Men. That's really all you need to know. It- it's just continuing the fight. She is so overpowered here. Plowing through each and every member, just and just like laughing in their faces about it. That's right. I got hooves. I'll kick you. <laughs> uh, I just, I don't know. I know we said it last week, but why? Why I, are we? Yeah. Why are we still going? What's I don't know. the resolution here? Well, you know, I thought, oh my god, magic is trapping her in a portal. That's it. It's she's going to live in a dimension all by herself, and then. No. Mother Nature is there. Right. And so that's where we end Mother... What is her name? Uh, Armageddon Girl, Nature Girl, goes and is met with Mother Nature. So we have at least another issue. Right. Maybe even one after that. Is the resolution coming from Mother Nature? Seems like Mother Nature is going to give her the business. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think the ultimate twist would be the fact that no, not even you can talk me down from this. No. Ugh. Right, 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 right. Just double down. Just keep on going. We can't keep going because people are going to stop reading X-Men Unlimited. Sure. Next, Mother Nature versus Nurture. Which is clever. Sure. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Amelia Lasso. Colors, Rachel Rosenberg. Letters, Travis Lanham. VCs, Travis Lanham. So what are, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this issue? Well. We, we barely recapped it. But that, that's what it was. It, and for... I'm sorry. I know I just asked a question and then <laughs> steamrolled. But, you know, for epic action, that's that's cool. But it's just it's just the fact that the story hurts my heart. Yeah. Yeah. Like that nature girl has gone to this terrible place and there seems no, to be no coming back. Less for the character assassination of nature girl, more for the fact that I still have to read it. And it's just, <laughs> it just, I, I just want it to be over. I just you could have said it like. Just killed her in this ep- issue, you know? Mm-hmm. Or... And then it, resurrected her anew. Brand new, uncursed, hopefully. I don't know how that works. Yeah. Or just not, you know? Just leave her off the queue. Put her at the end. Yeah, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Ugh. I'm just... It seems redundant at this point. Yes. You know? Especially the fact that the last two and a half issues have been her fighting the X-Men. Like, but, yeah, right. And, like, in a week where we have... An epic battle against a, a sentinel. Right. Also destroying the X-Men. It it also kind of feels redundant in that sense. Right. And it also feels like, why are the X-Men so weak right now, y'all? Right. What's happening to them? Gotta eat your Wheaties, X-Men. <laughs> well, we'll see what happens on the next installment. Yeah, maybe. How does Mother Nature feel? I'm just gonna stop reading it. No, you're not. I know. The Invincible Iron Man. What were your thoughts? So I didn't put it in the opening post, the, the Wednesday New Comic Book Day post, but it was at the top of the stack. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? Were you like, oh, it's got something to do 
with X-Men or mutants or, or something. You know. I mean, my thoughts were, ah, yes, we agreed last week that I would read this when it came out. Were you excited? Were you upset? Were you, you know? Neutral. Neutral. I was neutral. I mean, I wasn't upset, but I wasn't ex- excited. I wasn't like, yeah, give me this Iron Man comic. But oh, man. I figured that it would have ramifications to the X line. So, you know, it did. Sure, yeah. It did. That's for sure. I'm assuming we're going high level on this one. We are. Yeah, we got our working man Tony on the front with his iron behind him, just mm-hmm. pumping that iron. We'll give him a ceremonial page turn noise, just a little. So we've got a title, Fight for the Future. Written by Jerry Duggan, art by Juan for Jerry, colors by Brian Valenza, letters Joe Caramagna. BC Joe Caramagna. And that cover, Kale Nigu. So Tony has a plan. He's getting together with Rhodey. They're going to break into Phalong's Sentinel facility. And they're going to do it in a way where Rhodey is going to be disguised as Iron Man. Yep. So that Iron Man can come in in his new stealth suit and... Not be detected by these Iron Sentinels because stealth suit, right? So they go in, they go to the facility. Rhodey Iron Man says, hey, y'all, everybody out. They make sure the facility is clear. There's a lot of interesting voiceover narration about their friendship over the years, which I thought was really nice and and just illustrative of their relationship. Something that I, I don't know about in comics, really just from the movies. The movies. We've got the Mark Nil, which right. is the stealth suit. Doesn't get a number because... Off the books. It's off the grid. Right. And... We're basically like we're gonna we're gonna blow up the Sentinels before they can they can do any damage. Right. So destroying the whole facility because we later find out that this loss of facility will prevent our boys of Orcus from taking down all the intended targets. And we also find out one of those intended targets is Johnny Storm, the human torch. Yes. All supers, not just mutants, which I think is a huge reveal here yeah it's a big it's big i mean it's touched upon so gently in, in x-men, X-Men right? a couple of jerry's here, talking to each other yeah but here it's like no this is the plan Johnny this Storm. is what orcus is actually up to so we want to take out the mutants and also we don't want anyone available to help them right well we don't want any superhuman people that are not controlled or aligned with orcus this right. is days of future past this is taking down anybody that is not human right so one of the Sentinels is kind of already online. It's attacking them. Uh, it's attacking Rhodey. There's a fight. Tony decides, okay, everything's clear. It's good. I'm going to blow this place up. After In the aftermath, there's like a half-built Sentinel that comes up and, and arrests Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Because Rhodey's sort of like the, the Iron Man suit has flown away from him. And they think the mission's over. Tony sees from afar Rhodey getting arrested, but there's nothing he can do about it. So he's just kind of, you know, beating himself up. And then we get our trio of jerks. Orcus boys. The Orcus boys. At the crater that has been created in Texas. Now what are they going to do? Well, they're going to pin a murder onto... Rody. Yeah, so I felt terrible because at first I thought they were just calling this guy because he seemed to be like the foreman or whatever. Yep. And he was the one that kind of agreed to tell all the workers to leave. So I thought they were going to scold him, punish him, something that that or that was their intention in murdering him was like you 
basically ruined our facility. But what we find out is that, no, they're actually planting a body in the wreckage. And now Rhodey is being uh, charged with murder. Yep. Yeah, which is brilliant super villain tactics, right? I think we keep on talking about how, especially this week, we see Orcus at the top of their game. Yeah. They are pulling out all the stops. They've been collecting their power while the X-Men have been off doing whatever they've been doing, saving the world multiple times over, while the Orcus Orcus organization has been prepping for the fall. Indeed. And, And Jen Walters is here because she's saying, listen, Tony, like, I got to deal with this. I don't know what's going to happen. We can't talk to Brody. We don't know what's up. Tony pounds on his Iron Man suit to take out his rage. And the 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 other kicker that's revealed here is as the Orcus boys are chit-chatting, they're talking about showing up to that party. And yeah. that they might not have all the Sentinels that they thought, but they are still going to do some damage at that party. And Nimrod is there to say, don't you worry. I got you. I'm Nimrod. You have me. So the flames of Hellfire rise next. We do have our confirmed Hellfire Galatian with issue eight. So that's definitely one to pick up if you've been picking and choosing where to go. That one says right here, guest starring Emma Frost. Indeed. What'd you think? I thought it was a great issue. I mean, I always generally love a Jerry comic. I liked getting to see this other side of Rhodey and Tony's relationship and this idea that both of them are just willing to sacrifice whatever in order to you know serve the greater good and I'm not saying that like I like Tony Stark but I do feel for him that he has now has a friend who's being accused of murder and especially it's because of him right right because of something that he did because he asked him to help with this particular thing so that's kind of a bummer. But really, for me, the thing is like, wow, this is a lot of information about Orcus that we're putting in this Iron Man comic. So right. there's very clearly a major tie-in happening here. Yes. And that's been lightly brewing in the background. It just it feels like two lines going in the same direction, but not necessarily crossing over, mm-hmm. right? These scenes at the end of the book are very similar to the conversations at the end of X-Men. Right. And what the power structures of Orcus are doing as they assemble for their attack. Yeah. And it's also giving you the opportunity to say, like, I'm only reading one of these books and I can still get enough information. Sure. Right. But if you're reading two. You get the full thing. And that's that's always tie-ins, events, and whatever. This feels even less of a crossover than The Brood. Mm. Right? Because it's really only almost the backup pages or the backup story. We're getting the Orcus story through these last couple of issues. I really like this book. I'm so surprised how much I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Blonde China about it the other day, and we were just blown away by how good Iron Man is and how surprised we both are to enjoy it. And mm-hmm. to not a Tony fan, still just a Jerry fan. Yeah, but I did like it. I will say that. Warlion did a fact check that this had no continuity errors and was enjoyable until the last few pages when... You have a, a soldier superhero and a superhero genius making these mistakes and getting pinned for this, mm-hmm. right? So Tony even using his boosters, uh, his his foot jets, which alerts the Sentinels of the energy signature. That's why the stealth suit is not being picked up before then, mm-hmm. because it's not expending any thermal energy of any kind. Got it. 
right? So then I, I think there's a lot of emotions here, right? Yeah. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of just the regret in Tony that seeing what his machines are being used for and, and what's going to happen. You know, Johnny Storm, maybe they're not friends, but that hints at a much larger problem of what Orcus is going to do likely rattles him. Right. And the other thing that's, I think, important here is that Orcus thinks that maybe Tony put Rhodey up to this. They don't know about Tony's involvement. They right. think that Rhodey did this and did it on his own and that now they framed him for murder so he's in jail so there's nothing he can do about it and they kind of you know in this week's books are really harping on the fact that nobody knows what they're really up to right but tony actually does and so that's a big that's a big chunk of information hopefully he's bringing in emma more officially next issue right right she's been on the outside a little bit of back and forth about who Phalong is but no, this is the real threat. This mm-hmm. the conversation between Stasis and Phalong is like, I'm glad you have your nemesis. I'm glad you're happy right. and you're you're having your fights. But hey, you're ruining our plans for the big party. I've been working on this for a while now. Don't mess it up. Yeah. On to the final Bishop War College. Oi, 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 Bishop War College. Yeah, I I think. Everyone is on the same page. I mean, the, the goose egg, the zero votes for best book. Is, I I don't want to say, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were like, oh, that doesn't mean Wolverine wasn't a good book. It, it's just, I feel like all the problems that we had from this for the last few issues, nothing stuck the landing in that sense. It just feels like it didn't really move the Krakoan story along anywhere. Like there's little things. Intel. That's it. But and, not... And slight character development. Like, very slight. For right. some of the other characters. And I'm just not sure, like, what about the Earth 63 of it all? Sure. But we'll talk about it as we talk about the issue. First, let's talk about the cover. This is great. I think the cover is probably my favorite part of the whole Yeah, the book. cover is awesome. This watchful teacher sees all their good work. That's the other problem that I have. And I mean, I'll bring it up when it comes up. It's like... How is Bishop giving these grades? Yeah, where was he the you whole time? You haven't even been here. What are you talking about? You did this well and you did that well. Get out. You don't know anything. Here we go. Page turn noise. Bishop's mad. Mm-hmm. Well, because, you know, Tempo's doing the thing again that got him into this mess in the first place. And she's just doing it over and over and over again endlessly to relive this moment to see if she can change something. Right. She wants to go back in time. She wants to... They talk about these fixed points, these things that no matter what you do, they happen. Mm-hmm. This seems to be one of them, is that her father must die in any universe always, which is sad. But It's a canon point. Yeah, right? And we get the information about where this tempo is. She's at home. She's sleeping. She's fine. For days, weeks. Would you drug her? Right. Did you put her in a, a time bubble of some kind? Right. And then... Tempo's like, well, it's fine, okay? Because I'm going to use the Blissful that they have here. I'm going to bring us back where we want. Is that what you want? Yes. Okay, let's go. And then they leave the Earth-63 team in shambles. Yeah. Which, like, is this Cyclops dead? I don't know. And is that their Emma also dead? I don't know. Looks like they are not ready to deal with this. Do they not have resurrection? I don't think we talked about that. I don't know. Yeah, right? Why would they need it? I don't know if they would have resurrection if they're this upset about... They don't need it, right? There's never been attacks on mutants like this. Yeah, you brought this. 
title page. Homeschool. Permanent Record, written by Jay Haltham. Pencils by Sean Damien Hill. Inks by Victor Nava. Colors, Espen Grundenjern. Letters, Travis Lanham. VC Travis Lanham. Ken Lashley and Juan Fernandez on that cover. Killing it. We're brought back to our team in the underbelly of Krakoa at the opening of the pit. And there's just... The battle continues, right? They broke through the pit, but the team doesn't want to let the Fenris twins in. So... <laughs> They're fighting about it. And then all of a sudden, right in between them, as if, like, did they just dance around that one spot so that... the whole time. Right, right. Did did they not know that that was what happened in that spot? I guess that's because they were trying to go for the entryway to the pit. Bishop and Tempo appear in between the two sides. Bishop being the ultimate power wall because he can just absorb whatever you throw at him. And then the fight takes a turn and... Fenris gets their butts kicked a little bit. Which is great. And and to be expected because everybody has access to their powers and Bishop is here. Right, right. Tempo is a little indisposed because of the overuse of her powers. Mixture of the Blights will probably as well. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that the pit is open. The solution is chuck them Nazis inside. Yeah, we're just going to throw you guys in the pit. Wrong side's like, I've had enough of you. Get in there. Yeah. To just close up the rock around them. You wanted the pit? Here's the pit. That's what you asked for. Your eternal reward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And Dan- then just in time for everything to be over, Danny and Magic show up. I just love it. Did we miss all the fun? Because Magic's here for the fights. They just don't like the way that she's drawn at all. Nope. <laughs> That's fine. Her face. Yeah. But anyway. uh, So... I mean, I like, uh, you know, to talk about the art a little bit further. I do like the way that Bishop is drawn throughout the issue. Yes. I feel like Bishop is drawn really well. I feel like Magic's face has literally no definition and Bishop has all of the definition, which is, you know, he's the title character. I right. get If you have an hour to put more effort into one character, he's the guy. He is the one. So Bishop basically wraps things up with his team and he's like, see you in the morning for your grades. Grades. And they're like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? This isn't a school. What are you saying? Grades. As we cut to Sinister realizing his new gift. He's so upset, though. He's like, dang it, I'm in here with Nazis? Yeah. This cannot stand. I mean, Sinister, you're you're terrible in your own right, so get out of here. As we then cut to space, what has Orcus gained? What has been the, the fruits of this experience? Which really, these two pages boil down what we can take away. But here's my question. So the sensors on their machine that drilled into the pit were able to tell them that Sabretooth is no longer in the pit? Yep. Seems like BS to me. I mean, sure. I feel really unclear as to how they get this information because I'm I'm sure they didn't get their machine back, right? So but I'm I'm assuming it uploads to information the cloud. of some kind. The Fenris twins are gone. In the pit. And the whole Orcus team has been scooped up by magic and dumped to the to, to the authorities. Yeah. Like, so there's no one that's going back to report to them. So somehow this machine can sense which mutants are or not in the pit in which they didn't fully open and get into. Right. No, yeah, it's definitely suspicious. Yeah. But Sabretooth's not in the pit. That's a win. He's out in the world. Causing havoc. Right. So we can use that. Which I also... Hey, y'all work for Orcus. Right. The prisons in Sabretooth and the Exiles 
also a part of Orcus. Right. You're not communicating how, with each other? How did you not know that Sabretooth was captured by Dr. Barrington? Probably because they're just ashamed of Dr. Barrington. Sure. The so they don't ties. talk about their downfalls with each other. We they find, cover them up. Yes. We find this Blightswill concoction works great. That's cool. And we have mapped more of the innards of Krakoa, which is a win. Mm-hmm. And, and so this all just gives more power and energy to Orcus and their plots. Indeed. Tempo's like, okay, but not okay, it seems. Right, because as the, the students are having a party, just well, saying, yeah, saying nothing of But that. they're like tooting their own horn a little yeah, bit. Yeah. They're like, oh, Bishop's going to grade us, but we know what we did. Well, I mean, rightfully so. Uh, yeah, exactly. They held their own. Right. Without any help from Bishop himself. But yeah, Tempo seems very altered by the whole experience. The fact that she has been impacted by this. Right. Which makes sense, getting to have some time with her formerly deceased father and right. and to live in a to see a world very different from this and, and to know there's other possibilities and she's probably saying like well what else is out there sure. what other options do i have how many other dads are there and then we go back to earth 63 sure cuz we need some resolution or takeaway from that they are do we <laughs> i mean do we need earth 63 that's is, the question is there a resolution here i mean there's not a resolution but there is a change of perspective, right? So the fact that Bishop of Earth-63 now recognizes the fact that he needs to be a part of the fight. Mm-hmm. And, and that likely spreads to the rest of the island. They need to be training to be able to defend the paradise that they've created. And their, their magic is training him. Yep. Y'all pass. That's it. Good job. Flying colors. Great. And I took notes while I was in an alternate dimension. It's just a suspicious amount of... Dis- Descriptive detail for someone who wasn't, wasn't there. there. And then he's like, and you know what? Next level. Your next grade is if you can fight me or not. Right. And I'm actually really happy that I enrolled wrong slide into the class. Wait, what? what? Since when? He just showed up. What I are you he, talking about? He was just sleeping there. Wrong slide just joined the party on his own accord. You trying to tell me that this was all you your plan? You taking credit for that? Uh, I mean, I think we've we've... Made our feelings pretty clear, but we've come to the end, so you read that little thing that you usually read at the top. Oh, we're just going to skip over the, the second class? What do you mean? This you Just on that page. The class of new recruits that will be Bishop War College number two, potentially? Oh, I just totally didn't even look at that. I was just like, oh, this is the these are the kids. They're here. We're fighting Bishop. We're done with this. Well, Do you recognize any of these? Isn't... These are the mutants from the Infinity comic? No. The one with the Mojo-verse? No. Okay. The trans, super trans? No. Yeah. Okay, so no. These all look like kids who want to be other mutants. Like, that one's dressed like Gambit. Well, that's Gimmick, who was dressed as Gambit, right? She's the shapeshifter out of Children of the Atom. Ah, The yes. only mutant out of the Got it. Okay, okay, extended okay. I... miniseries to yes, bring her yes. onto the island. I don't know who that guy with the antlers is but mm-hmm. that person with the antlers is I, I don't doesn't ring a bell gray malkin in the center yes i know who that is pretty sure that's d cell next to him so with sh- the glasses yep inspector all right well is there gonna be another bishop <laughs> well i mean so the the 
end credit, the, the last page does tell us that Bishop will return in Children of the Vault and maybe the fall of X makes it all fall and we're not going to have another war college. War college. That wasn't actually a war college. Right. Just defense. Loaded question. What do you think? What I think is that this book was something that I know that you and many people really wanted because for so much of Krakoa, Bishop talked about wanting to start this war college. And and I feel like in the end, it was not only not what we expected it to be, but it didn't really have an impact. And that's kind of disappointing. And it felt very scattered. Oh, yeah. Like I'm... I, I'm really unsure why Earth-63 is important. And if they're never going to come back, if they're not going to travel to our Earth and have some role in the fall of X or help save Krakoa or whatever, like, why did we need them? I mean, I guess we we needed them for representation. That was a cool aspect of it and an alternate universe and Maybe there's some effect on tempo and, and how that plays into her future as a character, but it just felt so out of place in in a story that was supposed to be about the training and preparation of... Defense of the nation. Which I guess, like, now that I'm saying that out loud, I think about it, it's like, okay, so in, in a way, Bishop taught these other mutants that they, needed that to they need to defend themselves, but... Why are you going teaching other people that when you've got... So the only thing that I would pull out is that this is a second instance of the mutants of the multiverse. Mm -hmm. And how... So there was that X-Men Unlimited arc by Steve Fox where Professor X was pulled into the Age of Apocalypse universe Mm -hmm. and informed them about the wonders of Krakoa and how we can do this with that. And there is information and strength to be shared across the multiverse of mutants mm-hmm. and, and that's just that's just me trying to justify <laughs> trying to find something yeah you know i just i thought that this was a letdown in the end it got honestly it was bumped a spot on my initial predictions by first strike which i thought was much better mm-hmm. that's it <laughs> so, yeah uh, you know the bishop's art great action was pretty good yeah and i mean i think it did do some things like I, I did really like the point and I wanted I wanted to bring this up and I forgot about it until now. The the note of armor has been passed over two times yes. already for the X-Men team and that should that. not happen yeah. again. So that felt important. And I think that giving those, some of those characters, like the characters who were in the War College, giving them a chance to flex their muscles and sort of come into their own as X-Men in a sense, or, or potential X-Men, right? Yeah. New mutants, basically. Right, right. That's a plus. Yeah, a, a mass. Yeah. That was cool to see, and and his power and how pro and con it can be. and Yeah, yeah it's cool to kind of see, like, in this and then in First Strike how, you know, we got the mutants of Threshold and, like, what's happening with them, and now they're getting seeded into these other books. So yep. they're sort of coming, folding into Krakoa. But so, and and I think this did this did good things for Surge. Good things for Surge. Surge and Armor definitely are, and Tempo. Tempo mm-hmm. is the MVP of the story. Yeah. In character change, development, growth in any kind. And then, yes, Surge, Tempo, and I'd even throw Wrong Slide yeah. shortly on that list. 
Cam and Aura, they're there. Yeah, so I guess, like, it brings me back to this thought of, like, if I take away what my expectation or my desire for the book was and I just look at what it actually gave me and try not to put those preconceived notions of what I wanted it to be on it. Of all the talk about what the War College could be. Right. What did I think about the book? Like, if I didn't have any preconceived notions of it, I would say it was okay. It's fine. But I still wanted, and I think I, I, I don't know, I think maybe we're kind of getting that in New Mutants. But I think what we're lacking overall is like the training of the new, the future X-Men. Yeah. And and even if it's not the future X-Men too, if it's some of the bigger names, you know, I don't know what the plans are for these however many mutants. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is to raise their profile amongst folks so that when you see them on the next team, you're like, oh yeah, or Charles, I know them. Great. Yeah. Let's go. Cam Long? Oh, yeah. Let's go. But yeah. other than that, I just I don't know if it did anything different from New Mutants. I think that the big like I liked that first issue conversation, that stark difference in point of view from Danny and Bishop of needing to prepare for the war because the war is coming and, and the war is literally mm-hmm. here. You know, he was right. Bishop right. was right. Let's it's go. Here. But I don't know that we necessarily achieved any prevention of that war with these now the smallest class of mutants right i mean we didn't i don't think the intent was to prevent the war but i think it was to To prepare prepare. and i think having been left on their own and having to figure it out for themselves was essentially a way for this student team to learn and to prepare but i don't know i think something that's interesting to me is X-Men have been around for, what, 60 years? Yep. Okay. And in that 60 years, how much has the core leadership, the core fighters, the the front-runner X-Men, like, actually changed? It doesn't seem like that much. Like, if you think about, like, Cyclops and Jean and Xavier and Storm and Wolverine, like... Your bread and butter is largely X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue, Mm -hmm. right? Those are the teams that are at the forefront. New Mutants gets a lot of rep because they were there and because a lot of them transitioned to X-Force. But those 90s are are the peak crystallization of who the X-Men are. And it's just interesting to look at it from someone who's a newer fan and who's coming in in this time when they're basically... They've put all the mutants together in this like big pot and they're like, look at all these things we have to choose from. But then every time they start to play with other characters, it kind of fizzles out and it always ends up going back to those original characters being the front runners. So, I mean, some of that is sales driven. Right. Right. You know, new people, they don't have the fan base. You have Mm -hmm. the 90s are peak X-Men because of all the merch of all the visual recognition of what that means nostalgia-wise for most people, myself included, you know. But I think that that's why it's so hard for a character to break out as any kind of, oh, wow, this person is Mm -hmm. the one of this generation or of this era. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Darren is just a teacher, said, oh, great. The pit has the Nazi twins and Sinister. That won't mess with Krakoa. Yeah, that's definitely <laughs> not going to end well. No. I mean, anytime you involve the Struckers, it's not a good time. No. X-Corp included. Vaderino said, I mean, it is what it is, I guess. 
<laughs> Some neat developments for the pit. Love seeing Fenris end up there. Otherwise, I feel like a lot of great ideas were wasted and it's a shame. Mm-hmm. Which, I, you know, there were good ideas and, and a lot of energy at the start. And I'm not trying to trash someone's work, but at the same time, it just felt like it didn't really go anywhere. Well, I think it just, it's, it's, we've talked about this before. It's the idea that you put a title on something that That's gives people about. an idea of what they're going to get. And then you give them a book that is not what they're expecting. And then you have this conflict of trying to enjoy the book for what it is versus wrestling with like, your expectations yeah, wanting what you expected out of the book and that makes it not as appealing to people who had set expectations for it right warline comics say goodbye bishop war college hopefully we never see things so bad like you again <laughs> oh sad sad but i don't want to say true but yeah i mean i don't know Curls asked, Alicia, what are your thoughts on the Earth-63 magic costume? She was stunning. Fire emoji. Okay, let's look at her again. Yeah. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. I love her. She's like, I don't know, Amazon warrior magic. I I was thinking Wonder Woman. Yeah. Amazon warrior, 100%. And I really like her sword. It looks like a trident. Totally, totally. The, the electricity all around her? What is that? I think that's like her portals probably. Like, Ooh. Yeah, like magic of, of our earth is her magic is blue and this is yellow. And I, I feel this is a nice sort of homage to the design that Rod Reese has done with the gold and then it's taken it into this other level. Like her chest plate is amazing. Her the neck piece, her earrings. I love the like twist on her head piece, giving it much more of like a tribal feel, but still feels like she's met. Like I look at her and I know she's magic without even having to read anyone say her name. Maddie Bond says Bishop telling Tempo he isn't sure what he learned sums the book up perfectly. <laughs> it's like, what's the takeaway? I don't know. We, we did some stuff and Earth 63 benefited from it, kind of, I guess. Cyclops Something is dead. Something happened. Ah, oh, yes. On to Mutant First Strike. Mm-hmm. Or X-Men Before the Fall Mutant First Strike. Because that is the official title on Marvel Unlimited currently. X-Men colon Before the Fall hyphen Mutant First Strike 2023 number one. Oh, Wow. I have been so curious about the details on this cover ever since it was announced. Like, I know I could have enlarged it on my computer, but to be able to zoom in with my physical eyes and just the amount, it's just very unique and attention calling. There's so much detail in the little corner area in this sliver of what is their descent into the ground. What what details are you seeing? Now I'm looking at it so close. It's just all the rocks, all the tubing, the characters, their emotions, their faces. You know what's interesting? In this, Cyclops is in his Krakoan outfit, and he's on the cover. But yeah, So is Jean. She's got the green on her shirt. Oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know if they're wearing them underneath, if we see the jacket they're not, open. They're not. They're wearing these like all matching blue bodysuits, except for Angel. That we've seen from X-Men Unlimited. Yes, but it's a cool cover for sure. It's definitely a cover that will pull you in and go, what is this book about? Right. And the, the colors really pop. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Page turn noise. 
set the scene with some wholesome specifics. Wow, what a quaint little town of New Hampshire. Dude. I know. We've been here. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> I got family here. This hits home for me, baby. In a good way or no? Yeah. In, in, a, a, in a way. In a way. So we've got this beautiful, happy, everybody's just going about their life town. And then Krasakachum. And instantly on the news, everyone is like, the mutants did it. Mutants suck. Mutants are terrible. These damn mutants. They said they were our gods, and now uh, what What else is here? Look at them. They're raining down on us like gods and calling us peons and crushing us all. It's really interesting, in especially this first news media block, the connective thread that Steve is doing here to essentially tie his work together. Right? We're talking about Nature Girl. He's writing that story. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Thunderbird. He co-wrote that story. Mm-hmm. And all of that's coming in to the narrative, the Judas Traveler as our primary antagonist here. I do love it when you start to see the little pieces that have been floating around in different stories all come together to have an impact on something. The the talk about this being a mutant suicide attack, but with resurrection, what does that even mean? The fact that they're able to destroy this full town of people. So the narrative is set. Everybody is already against the mutants, they're the bad guys here. Right. We don't need the details. And then what continues is just how they're not the bad guys, which mm-hmm. we've been talking a handful of weeks about narrative, mm-hmm. media spinning, propaganda. And that that is here entirely. And you want to contrast that to the real world and the messages that are being put out about a certain group of people. Right. And how they have an agenda against the fabric of society. Yeah. It's so... Reading these issues this week was like... It hit. Yeah. I'm like getting emotional just talking about it right now. Like it's... Like this stuff is so relevant to the way that people are just twisting and forming their own narratives and... Of who other people are. Of I a mean, whole group of other people. It's It gets... It gets in here. It's in this book, I believe, right? Yeah, near the end when the the mayor is talking and and she's saying, this is my account of what happened. And they're like, well, it doesn't matter because the people are saying. And they have a right to believe that. Right. That's the specific line. Yeah. (sighs) That was, it's just, it makes me so angry to read this book. I enjoyed this book. I really did. Right. It's, but it's, it's anger in that like. This is life. It's invoking emotion. Exactly. And it's like really frustrating and especially steve orlando as a gay man to be writing this from his perspective in what's going on in the world i think is really interesting and really good voice yes i completely agree with that so the the council squabbles on humanitarian aid and charles and bishop let's go we're gonna go send some people you bring whoever you want you bring literally a thousand mutants we can spare them what are they doing what's storm doing right now yeah please. What, she's what's, not doing 47 other things. right what, what are cyclops and gene doing right now let's just go everybody go and the town of devastation the, the, the fact that it's hitting them faster and harder than it should be otherwise this right this manufactured Accelerant. effect right yeah to and to know hey no you all think that this was mutants. You all have this perspective that this was mutants. But you need to know when you see the red and white X, mm-hmm. we're here to help. And this and, lineup is bananas. Well, yeah, this lineup is bananas. But don't forget the 47 other mutants sure, 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 sure. who are not in this lineup. Which, here for it. They're, they're in the Blackbird right now. The Thunderbird. 
Yeah. So we've got Triage, an Angel, Jean Grey, Penance, Tempo, Bishop, Storm, Cyclops, Iceman, and, and others. And friends. And friends. And a title page. Here to help. Mutant First Strike. Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Valentina Pinti. Colors Frank William. Letters Travis Lanham. VCs Travis Lanham. David Baldion and Israel Silva on the cover. Let's talk about narrative. Narrative control with Mr. Judas Traveler. This Judas, literal Judas, Mm -hmm. to the mutant people. Yeah. Talking about this manufactured exogene and the predicted response that the Krakoans do. Right. He's like, no, no, it's cool. I knew they were going to respond. And I know that they can solve the problem faster than we can create it. That's fine. That's fine. We need them to do that. It's time to call in a tip to the dogs. <laughs> oh, goodness. As we, the CSI team on, I love the, it. on the ground. I do too. I think I this is a really cool team. power combination. Tempo's time manipulation, Thea's gravity wall, Cerebra's analytics. This, yeah. This was a cool, you know, and then we kind of go, I think it's cool to see, I think it's great to see all the different mutants and all their powers being utilized in these ways. Mm-hmm. I know that you were an overload of just like, who are, who's was, this guy and this guy? It was guy. less like, I don't know, I, I just felt like we used this drop-in shot and then the mutants who are the key players, like Cerebra was not in the drop-in shot, you know? Like... She seems to be pretty important in in what's going on. Triage was, but like there are just so many mutants who seem to be popping up, doing things left and right. And I think I just was like, wait, what? And then there's another one? And then there's another one? It was just unexpected because you show the team come in and then there's additional mutants without any like conversation about, oh yeah, they are also here Oh, there's more. And another one. And some dogs, too. Beware of dogs as these guys show up. It just, This feels like a, a well-executed response from a stacked power lineup, right? What, what the X-Men are doing, how they're able to just do whatever they need to in this point. The telepaths being able to get a sense of the people. Storm clearing the air above them as... They're trying to make things safe. Bishop absorbing all the fire. Angel flying. I mean, that's not his fault. That's all he does. But he's here to look pretty and fly around. That's it. That's all he's ever done. Except when he's Archangel and he's actually cool. Oh, man. We get our CSI team giving us updates. For me, it's really that it's it's really like Thunderbird for me. Just being like, yeah, whatever. I did mess up those cops. It's fine. You want me to mess up you? Let me do my job. Exactly. I just like love that it's like, okay, everybody, we're here to help. We're here to change the um, perspective of mutants. Nah. You know? No. I'm going to be who I'm going to be. Thunderbird going to Thunderbird. They're realizing that these powers were cooked into this person. And as I'm reading this, I'm like, hey, Zeno, is that you? Like, where are you? Is Stasis pulling a sinister? Are we chimeraing something? Who's who's got the tech? Who's building this? And and we do know later on that it is the Heritage Initiative and the mutant powers that they took from that reservation in Giant Size Thunderbird. Tying it all together. Iceman's making friends with all the dogs. Yeah. Not the not the people dogs, but no, the no, actual dogs. The actual dogs. wolves. We've got Thunderbird, Iceman, Triage, Karma, Tag. Tag's power to be able to make someone or something it. That's his power. 
right? So if he touches something, he's able to then either cause everyone in the surrounding area to run towards or away from that it. Oh, interesting. Very unique power. Yeah. But to use it here, and I don't know if that's Steve's flex in his muscles of, oh, yeah, I know all of these obscure powers and I know how to use them in humanitarian aid. Yeah. And there was... The way that each of the different mutants are using their powers in humanitarian aid is so cool. Yeah. And there was an article on Marvel.com talking about this book, talking about Steve's work. It was an interview with Steve and how he has a history in humanitarian aid efforts. And, oh, really? And has been boots on the ground working with folks. That's awesome. That's great. One thing as I'm going through this, I really wished this was more of the flavor of Marauders. Yeah. Like this, this was what we kind of had the Doesn't setup. Doesn't Bishop of. even make a Marauders comment? Well, because they have the jackets of what was going to be the new Marauders look. You're right. This that was from X Men Unlimited. Ugh, because he says something about them. This is more than a Marauders activation. He says that, and I was like, "Wait, what? Where's the Where's Kate? Right? Where's she here? But it's okay." Because we're, we're, we're doing good things. This team is doing great things. Thunderbird's also kind of crushing all of their evidence, though. He's a straight shooter. You know, this is all about the Heritage Initiative. This is all about them being terrible people, just crushing this skull. You know, could have been them. Definitely their style. Much as I like to throw down, we're, all, we're the face of all mutants. So we need to be the ones that are saving these people. Mm-hmm. It's time for Storm. To meet. To go face to face with the watchdog. The lead dog. The top dog. Yeah. No reasoning, no listening, and also no parachute. <laughs> As she destroys his bike and he is going to fall and immediately turns. Hey, no, look at them. They're going to kill us. They're, they're here to destroy us all. As like pillows from the skies. They're all caught and put onto some crazy concoction of control right. by Gene. By Jean. She's here to float you all away and keep you confused for just a little while. It's interesting. So she also reveals that the dogs themselves do believe that it was a mutant strike. They are not in on whatever the game is here. Right. And there, what I think is so interesting about this is the parallel to our real world in that there are people who are pushing a narrative so strongly that groups of people are taking that information and not doing any research for themselves and causing an uprising. You know, I I recently watched a video about these mobs being outside of, of a school because of a book that was read in a school. And they, they were fed this information about what that book was saying, but they hadn't actually read the book. And the book itself has one sentence that like some families have two mommies and some families have two daddies. And that's the only thing in the book. But they were told that it was so much of this other thing that they were like rioting outside this school. So the dogs are just being fed this information and they don't know what they're being fed and they're just going crazy for it. It's just a really, I don't know. I mean, I know that the mutant metaphor has always been a thing and it's always been such an important staple in comics for that reason. But 
experiencing it is very different than just knowing about it and sure. reading this and and feeling like myself getting riled up by the way that this book and the way that these ideas make me feel is just a whole nother level of why I'm so happy that I am a part of this community. I just think it's so important for these stories to be told. Yeah, as a great metaphor for the struggles that are happening in the real world. As we go through another set of mutants doing the work, you've got triage, helping people, but also doubting himself as Storm creates an opportunity for him to do deeper work. Mm-hmm. Somnus's dream therapy, Thumbelina's microsurgery. I love, I love it. She just looks like she's hanging out, enjoying the victory of her surgeries. Here's the thing. I didn't know there was a mutant named Thumbelina. And there's a fairy named Thumbelina. Sure. And I was like in love with her as a child. So I just got so excited. I was like, what? Thumbelina? A tiny mutant who can go inside people's bodies? She's magic school busing them. Yeah. Awesome. Wicked's grief counseling. This is literally a who's who of Steve's past projects within the X line. Mm Mm-hmm. As we get the mayor's support for the Krakoans, the, the relief that's been pledged, and Icarus sings the songs of the people, Escapade saving those hard-to-reach places, which I thought was a really great application of her power. Mm-hmm. Crave eating everything, <laughs> as that. Crave does. I love that. I don't know what this biohazard is, but it's delicious. And then North Star and Aurora bringing the light. Probably two of the deepest cuts, Sanjar Javid, formerly known as Death, now Life, able to remove these vulnerable bacterias from folks. Mm. And alchemists purifying the elements of the water around people. Brother Nature got the green thumb. Iceman, he's a... I'm pretty sure this is the point when I said out loud, like, where are all these other mutants coming from? They're all there, you know? It's just <laughs> I, The fact that they don't have a teleporter, they were all just on the Thunderbird. Jean's yeah. rebuild. This is probably the coolest oh, use yeah. of a power here. Right? I also love when she's like, if y'all want a renovation, it's on me. Let's do it. Greycrow and Madrox on seafood boiled duty. There's an... Now, wait a minute. Mr. Ice Cream. Where's soft serve? I mean, all right. So I understand that this <laughs> is the public erasure of soft serve. But do you want a woman pooping ice cream for the children? Or do you want someone who can just dispense ice cream? I know, but like soft serve, soft serve exists. Sure. No, I know. I'm not saying she doesn't. I'm just saying... Is that the public-facing person that <laughs> no. you want at this relief effort? They've been through Probably enough. Not. They've been through a whole lot. They don't need to eat poop. They don't need to see the way the ice cream is produced. What, are they, what is she, behind a curtain? Yes. Like, tell us what you want. We'll go in the back and get it. <laughs> I think it's also the fact that Bob Quinn created Soft Serve as a joke to himself and included him, her in a background page, and that's <sighs> that's the extent Whatever. of Soft Serve. Whatever. Justice for Soft Serve. Yes. Bishop is going off on his speech. We came here to help. and We saw the damage. We also, we figured it out. We did everything that we could. Hindsight, able to use their powers to see the involvement of the Heritage Initiative and Orcus. And can we put that on a news story, Mr. Newsman, that all this terrible stuff has happened? Well, listen, the news people have to say, 
You don't have any real proof except your mutant tricks. Yeah, mutant technology, whatever that means. Your boogeyman. Bishop leaves with the promise that Krakoa will be with them whenever they need. Washdog punishment and Jean's perspective at all, the, the size of the attack, the layered, coordinated effort, and the fact that somehow the watchdogs are just walking around in circles until they get to police. Which I think was a really interesting use of some kind of discipline. Mm-hmm. Milford speaks out for Krakoa, but nobody listens. Nobody the, listens. the people actually affected by it right. are saying, no, this is what happened. We are here. Everyone else not there. Oh, Miss Shin. Oh. She's the one. She's the one. She's the one who boils my blood. As she should. I mean... Many people feel this was just yet another mutant aggression. Yeah, well, those people weren't there, you dummy. Yeah, well, they have a right to that opinion. They have a right to their belief, even though it's not actually based on fact. Uh. Oh, the face that she's making. Watchers from the outside have made up their mind, cannot be moved, and quote unquote, they've got a right to that belief. People see what they want to see. But that is absolute bs but tell me that that doesn't happen it does sure that's why it's so infuriating exactly as traveler gives his report milford wasn't the goal only a catalyst the public distrust of mutants and their agenda what they're trying to do he congratulates or there is a congratulation to miss shin for her work and a little uh hey don't go anywhere, because we'll probably need you again soon. You know, you are now in Orcus's pocket without actually saying that you're in Orcus's pocket. It's it's funny. So I did not connect Gemma to Agony, who is a symbiote, mm. but they are the same person. And this reference to Myrmidon is a prison that she was recently broken out of by Daredevil. And I've been reading that story. So that was just an interesting oh, connection cool. to see that this is who that person is. And our, our last data page, our last page, this reach out to Marty Neck that, hey, you did a great job, but we have to distance ourselves from everything that the Heritage Initiative is. We're dissolving it. It's gone. Everyone's losing their jobs. You remember who Marty Neck was? Mm-hmm. The, the werewolf guy from that issue? Mm-hmm. That's it. You know, just tie it up with a bow. And get ready for the Heralds of Apocalypse, because let's go. It's unfortunate because exactly what you said, like this is what the Marauders should have been. But also they're not there. Like the Marauders was going out and saving other mutants. And this is more like the mutant humanitarian aid. And I feel like this as a title would be really interesting. Yes. And I think that... To go from saving mutants to saving people in general is a much smaller leap than saving Space. mutants to the the ten sins and this billion year old. That's just not. That's <laughs> just not. Uh, it hurts my brain. I I enjoyed this. I thought that the ha- the fact that you include all of this real world relevance, the fact that you have so many characters mm-hmm. doing really awesome work really making an impact in the world around them. And I don't know. I just, I, I left with a high hope feeling that was also kind of dashed by the narrative control that again is spread. The, the villain in all of these books is Orcus. Well, I think the thing that was nice about this story was that 
we're building up to the fall, right? And so there's a lot of looming, danger, scary, negative, haunting things. And this was like a little glimmer of hope. Right. You know, that not all even bad. though the, you know, the outward facing narrative is that everyone hates mutants. When you go talk to somebody on a day-to-day basis, mm-hmm. that's not how they actually feel. And so it's like finding this comfort in you might be bombarded with media that's telling you one thing, but there's hope in the fact that your real life experience with real people is different. So there's this possibility of those people overcoming that narrative and pushing that out of out of the reality and that there's hope, you know? And right. that's what I think I really got out of that book was the hope for what could come out of the fall and the way that maybe not everybody believes these things that Orcus is saying about the mutants and that maybe there will be some something from the realm of the human world that will play into what's happening. And then also just being able to, even for just one second, being able to see so many different mutants highlighted and using their powers in such interesting ways. Right. You know? Right. Deep cuts brought, you know, the same conversation that we were having about War College to bring... You know, a couple of these have been at the forefront. Escapade, getting a great story in New Mutants. Somnus, back and forth with Orlando's other projects. But some of these cuts of mutants I have not seen or heard of in years and years. Mm-hmm. I've never seen him before. Sure. Loki Sun 22 likes Mutant First Strike so much, but is sad that it ends so fast. And it's a one and done. It's a one yeah. shot. That's what I'm saying. That's why I was like, ah, oh, this would have been a, such a fun book. Right. Curls said, overall, honestly, top tier books this week. The Fall of Mutants X team was so satisfying to see. To see all of these mm-hmm. mutants coming together and using their powers. Warline made a couple of points. One being the fact that Storm is here acting in in some form of aggression or attack to these outside parties right mm-hmm. so two national representatives outside of Krakoa and Araco and, and being this large political figure but also and this kind of gets to the heart of what we've been talking about the confusion of who the villain is of this story who who the bad guy is and the fact that the narrative would have you believe that it's the mutants but they are here to assure you that no that that's something concocted that you are running with. Mm-hmm. And that's the the parallel to what's going on in society, in America especially, how people are being villainized by who they are when they have not done anything wrong. Right. And the frustration that you get from reading the story of this, like, I don't understand, like, why why are these people saying these things or, or why are you believing this? And why is this the story that's being pushed forward? Like, that frustration that you get from reading this comic is the frustration that people in this country particularly feel every single day and the confusion that, that we live with. And it's that's why it's such a strong parallel. Yeah. Future Dogwalker really loved in First Strike how they illustrated how useful several mutants' powers are, especially in emergency situation. I loved showing Escapade helping in the field, which I thought, yeah, yeah that was a real highlight and something that I'd love to see more of. Right, right. You know, I don't know that I need a regular ongoing like this. It's it's kind of like, I don't want to say lower stakes X-Men, but, you know, it, it's like relief aid X-Men. Well, it's just nice to see 
them using power in a way that is not for battle. Right. Right. And so I think also the fear of the humans of the mutants is that, oh my God, they have these powers. They're going to use them against me. And this is nice because it's showing you how they can use them in aid. Yeah. Vaderino said, my book of the week, because finally we get to see them being heroes and getting thanked for it. Naturally, this book has the worst spin on things. It seems clear to me that a big part of Fall of X is going to be the propaganda machine. Mm -hmm. I will tear someone's hair out during this next arc. It's so frustrating, right? And to, to talk about how this impacts real lives and, and narratives that we have going on, I think that's what Vaderino is getting towards. Yeah, for sure. Heavy. Heavy. Definitely heavy. And I'm not saying that it's going to get any lighter because now we are on to X-Men 23. I love the cover. Oh, this this cover is so beautiful. Gorgeous. I do want to point something out. I thought it was really interesting. So I redeemed the books, right? I redeemed the books digitally. So I have a copy on Marvel Unlimited now because Comics App closed last Mm -hmm. week. X-Men 23 is formatted as a vertical scroller. What? Versus everything else is formatted like horizontal page flips. What? And I haven't tried it with smart panel. Doesn't even look like you can do that. That's crazy. So I don't know if that was just a mistake. Whoa. I feel like does that change the whole book? No. I read it in paper and I read it like this. Oh, well, that's crazy. But you can't use smart panel. I don't know. If anybody else has experienced this, if you have been redeeming them or did you go to comiXology is it also the scroller let me know curious Mm. tell me about this cover i love this cover this this stark sentinel and all the x-men i mean it's giving you that classic x-men versus sentinel vibes with those beautiful colors and those jdc details yeah jdc and marte gracia on the cover i mean come on what a team uh deese had posted in a facebook group today about the different variants for x-men and and to pick out your favorite and there are so many great variants this is still my favorite Mm -hmm. i mean i I get the trading card because i now have to mentally I, i have committed to this but this is standout Above and beyond my favorite cover. The it's the only other so one beautiful. The only other one that's in the running is the Mark Brooks corner box art because I mean Mark Brooks, but I mean like even the detail in the top corner of the buildings, it's like behind the X Men logo. They're oh, yeah. still just I love it. Josh is the king of tiny details. Tiny details. Page turn noise. Little dinner guests. Uh, we're back to classic stasis, eating with his weird clone family, and, and then killing them immediately after. With an epic reveal. Yeah. What? Mother Righteous enters for some further conversation. He and, calls her Re- Rebecca? And is identified as Rebecca Essex, devoted wife of Nathaniel for many lifetimes. What was What was going through your mind? so many like what what i guess like okay so did the og nathaniel essex's wife die and then he somehow resurrected her as what like how is it that she is not him but is one of the four sinisters like what part of him is in her 
or did he split himself into three parts and then do something with a clone or a version of his wife as like so a wild card in the mix but i still think that even if this is a clone of his wife which i think it i think it has to be mm-hmm. it includes some of him yeah because of the fact that that's his game he wants everyone working on different solutions so if this is the genetic makeup of rebecca it still includes a portion of nathaniel's original drive pursuit you know manipulation and maybe that's why this character goes for the magic side because it's less genetics involved yeah maybe i just was like what i pretty much had to just like stop and like stare into space for a second and and in the first few pages just be like oh so it's gonna be like that this issue it's really on display in this image of her the heart in her shirt that one panel in like her cleavage uh-huh and and just that being her symbol oh the fact that that's yeah, part of I never her, even noticed that that makes a heart before that's part of her visual design and it's intentional to be the heart and that was basically like hey yeah we've been telling you the whole time she's the heart <laughs> you guys were just looking at boobs but we were giving you clues, you pervs. Guilty. <laughs> yep, also guilty. <laughs> well, they're calling each other frauds, but we're both creations. And also, I'm controlling. I'm joining Orcus and going to take over. But also, Stasis is like, come back to me. I love you. And she's like, fool, you never had me. Right. There's just bomb drops left and right about Mother Righteous's history. The questions brought up. This attack from stasis to keep her in check and now now she's going off and angry she's like listen sweetie darling honey orcus it's gonna be mine i'm gonna be in charge he's like um as the head of the hr department wouldn't i know if there were any openings just stomping on his face punching his junk no more clones we're through yeah, because he takes her blood. And that is likely why he's doing that, right? Is mm-hmm. how do I how do I figure out what you're all about? Fool, get out of here. But I hate to eat alone. Too bad. Too bad. No more clones. Title page. Suited to win. When cometh the Stark Sentinels. Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Joshua Cassara. Colors D. Kunuf. Letters Clayton Coles. PCs Clayton Coles. Josh Cassara and Marte Gracia on the cover. Mm-hmm. And a quote page from our dear friend Cyclops. One thing leading the X-Men has taught me, it's important to have options. And I'm pretty sure that's in reference to Emma Frost ah. at the end of the issue. Oh. <laughs> Coming in hot. Damn. Well, there's a fire. And these firefighters are... Not, not in a great position. They're not looking too hot. The roof is collapsing. What do they do? But, oh, don't worry. There's a s- giant Iron Man here to save you. Yeah. And then, you know, let's talk about spinning the narrative. Hello? Does Is no one else around? Like, look at these other firefighters who are watching. I mean, I guess their story doesn't matter. But this sentinel that saved these firefighters also says... Mutant detected and then stomps on and kills one of the firefighters. Or at least tries to, as I think that he misses. He's hit by Cyclops' beam 
and then you see the firefighter flying off. Go flying, right. Because the X-Men are here, or at least part of the team is here to save the day. And Cyclops is wearing his 90s outfit. And blonde hair. Yeah. I'm confused by that. And I, I was confused by that in the preview art as well, because this panel had been previewed a couple weeks ago. I'd say that's like light brown. It's definitely not his natural hair color that we've seen in every other issue. And also like his 90s outfit does look really good here, though. Sure. I mean, his 90s outfit is amazing. Everybody loves it. That's why the 90s. That's why the 90s. Well, X-Men are here doing their X-Men thing. And hey, hey, Cyclops is throwing it over to Firestar. Right. Which is an interesting twist. Well, I mean, that is something that he did with Sync in year one. Trying to build up the other members of the team to lead in the field. Now you're going to call this one. We're we're sharing the responsibility, even though this is a very situ- serious situation that I don't think that it's anyone's prepared for. Not quite a training opportunity, but you know. As the ice has no effect, as the science rays have no effect, the fire, nothing is impacting. Yeah. And basically Forge is like, oh man, that dang Tony Stark... We got to think bigger here. He's too smart. He's too smart for you, Forge. Splat. Before he gets splatted, he kind of hits the Sentinel with like a technology bomb, which I think is kind of interesting. Logic bomb, yeah. He's like, let me scramble your robot brains. That's been diffused because this computer has several nodes to be able to rely on. That's advanced, baby. And this is this is when the Sentinel calls out Krakoan war captain Cyclops execute with extreme prejudice. Good thing the rest of the team is here. Yeah, we call for reinforcements as the the problems between Gene and Scott are still simmering. Ooh, yeah. Are you going to let it stomp Scott? No, that's still my job. This this note, Gene wraps Scott in a telekinetic bubble, their first embrace of any kind in some time. Yeah. Like things are much like, more serious off panel than we are being led to it's believe. It's really interesting. And I'm like, okay, is this really just about the brood or I mean, is there more? I, I, it could be, but you, the brood is a pretty big dividing line. Right. The annihilation of a species, yes versus no. Yeah. And maybe some other failed negotiations or conversations as Sync tries to use Polaris's power and is splattered. Oh my gosh, Talon coming in with that rescue. I love it. Just take some deep breaths and heal your bones first. (gasps) All of these two pages, I would like them to be framed on the wall forever. Look how beautiful my magic looks. Look at her eyeballs. Look at the intensity when she says, die, die, die. She's intense. I love it so much. The rage chop. This is so beautiful. This, this falling sentinel. Oh, my the God. The fury in her eyes. Also, questionably concerning here, uh, the statement about also they want to draw blood and Magic's face is cut. Are you trying to take my girl's blood? No, it's worse than that. As we find out at the end of the issue, they are trying to take over your girl Ugh. with tiny robots inside of her blood now. Wait, I don't know how I missed that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you what do you mean? Keep on going. Oh my god. As they handle I'm not this, okay. I'm just finding this out for the first time. As they handle this giant sentinel head. Okay, all right. Okay, I need to be shown what I mean. Oh, and then we go 
we go to the Orcus facility and it's that guy. The guy in Iron Man who Rhodey was framed for murdering. Yeah. I'm going to show you them side by side. She's a mutton chop mustache is a big choice. I mean, in one is colored with brown hair and in one is colored Yeah, there's some specifics that are, hair, that are but... unclear. Yeah, he's got a different shirt on. Hold on, I'm going to look at him in the in the beginning of the Iron Man issue as well. I don't know, I just feel like that facial hair is very distinct. And to have read these both in the same time and to know that they're in the facility where we, the Stark Sentinels are located. But they're not. They're in a different facility. They're in New York. They're at a prison near Rikers Island. All right. Never mind. Just interesting that both artists threw the one Orcus sort of like laboratory, whatever, facility construction worker to look very similar in both books. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it does say from the machines inside their teleporter. Right. So, yeah, I'm already receiving a signal from the machines inside their teleporter. And and what of Marvel Girls, right? So that's just... Literally, I don't know if I'd say it, it's a throwaway line, but it's a very specific detail and the pull-up of magic that... I don't know why my crazy brain thought for some reason that because of her portal that she created that the Sentinel went in, that they were getting readings from the Sentinel inside her portal no. and not actual machines inside her body. No, 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 no. I hate that. Well, yeah, especially where that's going to go from here. You can only imagine that they're going to use these nanotechnology bots inside of her. To try to take over her body? Yes, and to use her mutant powers against her to open up a portal to let in reinforcements. Even though they can use Krakoan gates. No, no. Do not use my girl like that. But that means that they can get to them anywhere. They didn't get Jean Grey, but Nimrod promises, don't worry. I'll handle the Omegas. I'm Nimrod, baby. And then we get this paid op-ed, the media campaign on steroids. This is just slinging bull stasis with this page in the newspaper, probably the New York Post, right? Mm -hmm. Just trying to take out something to get this negative spin. Hey, we were just trying to save people. And isn't that terrible man coming into your brain the worst Right. Aren't and, we and the good guys? Look at us. Our robot was doing so good, and then they just came and attacked it out of nowhere. Those aggressive, angry mutants. I'll punch you in your face, Stasis. Our final set of pages on the beach talking business. First, Emma to Kingpin. Listen, you're lucky you're part of Krakoa through marriage, so don't step out of line because I have no qualms shutting you down. Yeah. And just... <laughs> is that mystique <laughs> no i wish it was sorry hey so i got your message i guess you heard that gene and i are on the outs yo scott what the heck <laughs> just, man and i love just the dot 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 is like uh no i have no idea what you're talking about but i appreciate the forethought you stupid pretty horny guy thanks for dressing sexually for me but i'm not interested here on business. Also, like, Scott, do you want to get back with Gene? Like, what's up, bro? I mean, they've been doing stuff the entire time. So I think it's just more, well, now that I'm taking a break with Gene. They've been doing stuff. What, they had one dance at the Hellfire Gala and you think that means they've been doing stuff? 
Uh, do you not know about the connected rooms between Gene and Logan and the fact that they have been on panel making out several yeah, but times? Not, but but not Emma and Scott haven't been doing stuff. Emma being the one that handles Scott's resurrection. Emma, be, like they, you can deny it all you want, but it's there. I don't see it. The the conversation between Gene and Emma. I think this is early X Men. X-Men. Oh, yeah, when she passes her the beer over her shoulder. That's Hawksbox. I'm talking early X-Men where they're talking about sharing things. Oh, yeah, well, we always know that we share things. You know, like, the, Scott. I'm making evil eyes at you. That's fine. Well, clearly, Emma's not interested, okay? Not at this point because she's got business. I called you here to tell you, hey, Miss Marvel died. If you didn't know, we've been talking about it the last couple of weeks. Yeah, also, she's clearly going to do something about it. I feel like they're setting up the mutantness of it all whether it's mutantness or it's just resurrection yes there's a way to bring her back and scott's really impacted by this the way that he's bringing up that she has a secret identity and a family like does her family not know that she's miss marvel in the comics correct interesting so bringing her back is exposing all of that sure right right because like and and so when you're and obviously i didn't read the issue so Miss Marvel has died. What does Kamala's family think happens to Kamala? There's been no follow-up because well, that will likely be in Fallen Friend. Got it. But that's not right now. Right now, we're going to get a tease of the return of Pog Your Pog. Wait, I love that Emma calls herself Krakoa's premier janitor. Yes. She's got to clean up everything. I had to clean up this mess, okay? And then, yeah, Pog Your Pog's coming back. Uh, what'd you think? I thought this was a great issue. I did too. It's really good. Honestly, I agree with you in the contender for book of the week. It really, both of these issues, both X-Men and Immortal X-Men just feel really equal in my mind. And I just, I call it out, especially in contrast to the work that Jerry has been doing across this title mm -hmm. and how it has evolved from year one to year two. I remember the days when I would say every other issue of this book hits. And here we are a year or so later and every single issue is generally solid. Yeah. Like, I don't want to say it's on the level of mind games and politics of Immortal and Red, but X-Men as a title is up there. It's yeah. in a different category than it was when it started. The complexity of plots, the multiple narratives weaving, mm -hmm. it's just he's finally working with all the plates that he's been setting up to spin. Right. And now they're all going and it's getting to a point, you know, it's the same feeling that I felt like there was some steam lost with Ben Percy's work early on. Right. And because then he had to kind of put pauses on things to build up to bring things. it back up. Right. And so now we're at a point where no, yeah, we're, we're just guns blazing. Let's go. Let go. This issue just had so much going on. So much revealed about Orcus's plan. How is how is the gala going to be anything other than an all-out attack on Krakoa? Yeah, it does don't feel like it can be. Like, it's a monster of an issue, too. It's a huge book. Yeah. yeah. They're spelling it out for his leading in, and it's like a train wreck in the making where you can't stop watching, even though you know how devastating it's about to be. It's really, yeah. They, and they're just like, they're not even being shy about it. They're like, no. are you ready for us to kill everyone? Everyone. Destroy everything you love? We created a prison for you. We're going to teleport you into the prison using your own people. <sighs> I can't believe you didn't see that. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm telling you, I really read it as like something about the Sentinel, like their machine in her portals. I don't know why. Yeah. 
there's just sometimes, you know, reading comprehension isn't my strong. Game. Sure, sure. Bruce 33 said that the conversation on the beach is one of the many reasons why Scott is disliked despite the good that he does. Right? Yes, exactly, <laughs> though, bro. Like, come on. I mean, man shot a shot. Can't be mad. I can and I will. <laughs> Emma calling herself the janitor on Krakoa is on point. The things that she does are oftentimes thankless. The mm-hmm. fact that she's keeping the show running as everything's crumbling but around her. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Captain 2 Michael saying that Iron Sentinels, Sinister, Stasis, Mother Righteous, it's all coming. And what Michael is right on is that there are so many threats right now, all coming for the mutants all at once. Yeah, it's going to be bananas when it all collides. It's great. It's anxiety provoking. <laughs> Warline saying that it's good that someone other than Hickman in the X office remembers that Stark has developed anti-magneto tech long ago. Hickman mentioned it in Inferno when Magneto died, failing to move the Orcus base that Tony had built. Mm. He didn't build the build it for them. Right, they took but... it over. the The differences between Rebecca Essex in 1996, my husband died with my son and was replaced by something sinister, and Rebecca in 2023, I'm a sinister. Right? <laughs> so she actually gives him the name Mister Sinister. You have turned into something sinister. Because of the work that you're trying to do to delve into genetics, potentially to save our son, but also to do other things. Interesting. Also connected maybe to the the manipulations by Apocalypse and and trying to find, okay, what what else can you work Mm. out? The strong. He sent in the, the panel of Gene and company entering the fight and saying that Gene's response is great. No one messes with Cyclops except for her. And just appreciating how the relationship problems between Emma, Scott, and Jean are being dealt with here and how they are different camps and it is a complicated relationship. Mm-hmm. Darren is just a teacher asked, is Mother Righteous really Essex's wife? I liked her as the feminine side of his personality, which I think everybody was on board with. Yeah. I think this, it it's not outright Essex's wife. I don't believe that that could be possible. She would have died by now. That was I like think, over 100 years ago. Yeah, I think like what you're saying is that like he used her body as the vessel for that portion of himself mm-hmm. because it also gives him an advantage to have something, to have an option that doesn't look like him. Like him. Right. And if you think about it, she's the hearts. So she's his heart. Oh, yeah. that's all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Curls, Mum Righteous is his all caps wife. Dude, I know, Curls. It has to mean one of them is his son, right? Which I was like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, right? Curls, I love you. That'd be interesting. That would be so. Who would it be? Probably the. Orbis? Yeah, Orbis. I was going to say the guy on the ball because I can't remember <laughs> his name. Probably that ball guy. The ball guy with all the robots and stuff. Vaderino said, Righteous being some version of Sinister's wife is smart. That she despises the other Sinisters is exquisite. The propaganda in this issue in particular was very real life and therefore upsetting. More swearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, because that's, that's about his comments about Immortal later. Yeah. <laughs> Blanchina pointed out that Stasis was the only one to seemingly recognize her as Rebecca. Right? Other people have seen her. Uh, Oh, Sinister yeah. has seen her. 
he likes her, but is kind of over the accent and the fact that she's making moves on Orcus. What? Where are you at? With- okay. I knew she was going for Orcus. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was like her dealings with Shaw, her every in everybody's Shh. little pocket. Like, she's going for everything. She wants it all, baby. I, I mean, there were like a couple of times when I was like, oh, we got to write the accent in, okay. But I don't really... I do think it's interesting. I don't. It doesn't really bother me, but I do think it's interesting that, like, Diamond Sinister did not recognize her. But you have to think, like, first of all, Diamond Sinister is so consumed in his own self. And when was the last time he like laid eyes on Rebecca? And she's definitely gone through a bit of a transformation, right? She's got red skin and white hair. Well, especially to that point, the number of times that Stasis has resurrected right, a version of Rebecca. Right. That's what I was going to say is that like he literally has dinner with her every single night. Right. And seems to be obsessed with her for companionship. So Yeah, yeah. The, this one, uh, the Pikachu, I just I reacted with a, oh, uh, emoji of just, is Dr. Stasis planning on using magic to teleport the mutants into that new prison that they're building? And that's what I had said earlier. That, I just, I feel like it has to be. I just hate it. Like, I mean, it has to be, but I hate it in my soul. And if you feel something, then, then it's, it's good. good. Yeah, yeah. I hate Even it if in you a good hate way. It. I hate it in a good way. I still hate it. Sure. Take a breath, take a breather, and get ready for the final issue. The book of the week. Oh, Immortal X-Men number 12. Mark Brooks delivering gold. It's the movement energy here that mm-hmm. really gets me. The fact that he you you can feel the motion of this comic. Yeah, it's so beautiful. And just the anger in his face. And I also think it's interesting this cover seeing the anger in Colossus's face, but seeing that it's not directed, like his anger is not directed at Kate. Like he is punching the ground near her, but his he's looking in the distance and she seems to be looking at him, which I think is interesting in this like turmoil that he's feeling within the book right right all right page turn noise this data page titled the idiot hey have you not been reading x-force well here you go here's some information shaw's got plans for the council manipulating everything to get in his way and colossus is being controlled by the russians And, and also just a reminder xavier emma Hope and Exodus still off the board. They don't get votes. The game is revealed. Remove these potentially sinistered versions of our council members and vote without them, calling for Sinister's seat to be filled. I like this, like Kate's eye roll of like, okay, are you going to do something political right now? I oh, mean, great. Okay, you are. Are you Shaw? Like, are you right. going to do something seedy and underhanded while the quote-unquote heroes are out of the room? Yes. Now, let me tell you, I'm not a fan of the age gap between Colossus and Kitty when they dated, okay? However, my heart hurt by looking at this page and seeing her face of sheer shock when he just raises his hand and says, agreed to what Shaw says. Let's get this going. And she says, Pete? Like, the, the art so clearly demonstrates this feeling of like who who are you right which i think is such a great deep narrative from kieran mm-hmm. the fact that piotr is trying to fight as yes. much as he can to give someone 
a clue that this is not actually him doing these things. And I think that that's really what I loved so much about this issue is that that's something that we've been questioning and wondering and going back and forth. Does he have any conscious awareness of what's happening to him? Does he have any ability to fight back? And now we're seeing he he's he really is like aware that he's trapped. And uh, it was the comic book club that had reviewed this on Instagram. And I, I asked the question of just, is this awareness a result of the X-Force mission that mm. has severed the connection so that he gained that awareness? Right. Because I don't know that we've seen it or if this is just the depth that's been happening beneath the surface. Yeah. The sway of the votes that he carries, the Shaw's quick tabulations of, well, yeah, that's this, that's that, and that's this, and hey, Celine's here. Honestly, I'd rather skip to having a throne. Too bad. Oh, get it on the council, Celine. Okay, shut up. <laughs> Kate flipping out. Yeah. For sake, what are you doing? It, it was just the inner dialogue. There you go, my old love. You know me. See that this is not me. I know. Oh, but my heart doesn't. is breaking. Oh, she doesn't. Well, first, before we can get angsty about that, we've got to go to a title page. Steal Yourself. The Idiot. Written by Karen Gillan. Art by Lucas Wernick. Le- colors, David Curiel. Letters, Clayton Coles. DC's Clayton Coles. That cover by Mark Brooks. That cover by Mark Brooks. Before we turn the page, the title, The Idiot. You ready for a little Russian literature lesson? Yeah, let's go. Dostoevsky. Oh. Wrote a novel, The Idiot, about an ironic reference to the central character of that novel, a young man whose goodness, open-hearted simplicity, and guilelessness lead many of the more worldly characters he encounters to mistakenly assume that he lacks intelligence and insight. This is Colossus. Oh my God. It's so deep. What made you find that answer? What made you look that up? It, it was in Kieran's newsletter. Okay. And I did some further research, but the fact that I was that he, like, how did you know? <laughs> I have not read Dostoevsky. <laughs> how did you know? Honestly, I wouldn't put it past you. Yeah. I thought about it. I was like, I mean, you know, you think about the 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 works, the big works that you read deeply, you know, that mm-hmm. that Kate trying to figure out how exactly Celine got her way back to being alive. I mean, that's kind of her brand. Magic, baby. Right. It's, it's magic. What? What? The cluelessness that the Russians have in what's going on. I don't know why Celine is here. I don't know what Piotr's doing. What's Shaw up to? I don't care. Let's just watch it burn. Yeah. And then we get this uh, moment from Destiny. Yeah. She says, Shaw is working for Orcus. Now, if you have been reading all the books, you know that Shaw is working for Mother Righteous. And Mother Righteous wants Orcus. And so this in this next couple of pages, as they're trying to decipher, like, where are you getting this information from? Shaw's like, read my mind. He is not consciously working for Right. Us. But he so is. And that's like one of those super frustrating, like, we as an audience know more than you know. Yeah. And like, that's, I want you to have the answer. That's good narrative. <sighs> but listen. We, I mean, we could we could figure this out. We can we've got stand Rasputin. Him. Okay, there she comes in, looking fabulous in all her glory. You didn't have to scream. <laughs> you didn't have to I, think so loud. I can hear you, darling. Oh, God. I just love her. Look at her. She's so beautiful. 
she's so beautiful while she tortures Shaw and just sucks in his brain knowledge and him being all the like confidence that he's boasting yeah yeah and him like don't you go anywhere that you don't think you should be shut up Shaw I'll go wherever I want I'm Rasputin you fool I've seen all the terrible things you've done yeah do you not understand what omega level telepath means I also just really like seeing Rasputin and Colossus like together yeah visually their similarities oh yeah well, the, the the color schemes yeah her entire look is colossus right with a little bit of magic even though she doesn't technically have any magic in her right the spikes right and the one armored arm well, i mean we could uh so the scan reveals that shaw is not lying he's not working for orcus to his knowledge <laughs> We could scan Destiny. <laughs> She's like, oh, no, F no, that. No, no, I'm out of no, here. No, 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 nope. no, 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 just get out of my brain. And Piotr, just, all right, enough of this. Let's get on. Just the heartbreak in Kate's face. How far does this go? How many people are you going to take out? Yeah, she's so upset. You sold us out for an extra vote? Because he makes this move. Hey, Kurt has left Aurora as his proxy vote. I am in Aurora's proxy vote currently because she's not here. Let's move to even when she comes back, I still control Nightcrawler's vote. Yeah. So that's what just happens here. That's that quick, real quick action over the course of two panels. Yeah. That and, now permanently and, moves Nightcrawler's vote because they have the majority. You have the, what, three votes from Colossus. Right. The two votes from Celine and Shaw. And that's what the backdoor kind of dealing that Shaw and Colossus had their little meeting about was like, we'll make sure this happens. Right. And that's why the, the Russian influence was like, yes, anything we can do to solidify ourselves as, as the power, right? Vote. Right. Right. Selling us out for this vote, and he wants to release Sinister's secrets to the world. Like, why, though? Call me on it, please, someone. Notice I that know, this is like, ridiculous. This is a terrible idea. But the thing is. We need to be honest. We need to be just. We need to be better than that. And it's like, yeah, well, all you have is the dummy dummy of Shaw over here and Celine who are just like burn it Chaos. all down. Let's so, go. Yeah, they don't care. No. You got to think of what Comic Extracts asked, why would Mother Righteous, who's basically the puppet master here, mm-hmm. want the secrets of Sins of Sinister out in the world? Because it takes down one of her rivals. For Dominion. Specifically Sinister, but also mutants at large. Mm-hmm. The power displayed in that universe, the ability to be able to reset the timeline and to do something. And she could also go to Orcus and be like, mm, just so you know, I'm the one who did this. Right. I have the upper hand here. Don't you want me on your team? Hostile takeovers left and right. Thank you, Mother Righteous. Yeah. Oh, don't say it. Cut to the misfits in the corner who mm. got kicked out of the meeting. And Hope is just like, can't we just like listen to them? Yeah, right. It's it's the question that everyone asks. Hey, how how honest are we as telepaths? And literally, ha, 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 Charles Xavier. That would be wrong, Hope. I mean, he holds that moral grandstanding line to a fault. Except when he wants to listen. Whenever he wants to go into literally the last issue, sure. uh, like in uh, Storm, uh, yeah, yeah. when he was like, I'll go in your brain and take it if I want. When he wants to use that, he will use it. When he wants to seem like he's holier than thou, he will say, no, no, that is wrong. We cannot do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But, you know, this is this is government dealings. This is something bigger than just his personal wants. And then Hope just says, forget yeah. you guys, I'm doing it. Yeah. And then she just says, crap, and starts running. Just, just an extra line or two of dialogue would have helped clear this up. Also, Exodus, what are you doing over there in the corner? Don't bother me right now. I'm doing something important. I'm moping. Mm, but he's not. I mean, he's not doing anything currently, but after... So, so Hope runs out of the council chamber or, or this, what, what the, the kids table, I guess? Yeah, the, the, the timeout room. Right. Taking this run towards Rasputin, this, this matchup, these two, and just the evil in Mother Righteous as she is summoning the power of control that she has over the people that have thanked her to be able to, she has complete control over you. Yeah. However, the magic works. She is able, she's, that's not the only time that she does it either. No. There's the fight between Xavier and Emma mentally to, to try and interfere. And then the fight between Hope and Rasputin as she's just looking for some backup. Hey, Exodus, I will forgive you if you come to my aid in this because I'm going to go down swinging. He's like, I can't help you, but I know someone who can. Yeah. Who, who could possibly? Ah. Hmm. <laughs> Kate notices the fighting happening outside the chamber. And Colossus is like, this is a good opportunity for me to kind of kill some time right now. Right. J- Hope j- that just... I can get someone to notice me. Right. And the the way that he talks about the writer, the chronicler, and their interest in creating a show with it, that they are a writer, that they are someone that enjoys these twists and these turns and these justifications the fact that this is, it's not complicated. We're trying to do the right thing. We're trying to come clean. We're trying to be upfront about the evils that are within our society. The, the snakes in the garden. Mm-hmm. When he says, Kitty would have understood. Yeah. Ooh, the dig. That's, that's But insane. he's doing it to get her to notice. And she's not noticing. I know. It, it's just... <sighs> I mean, she also, <laughs> I think Warline points it out, the fact that their relationship broke a number of years ago when she left him at the altar mm. to not go through with that. It, it It is just a very emotionally resonant point between these two in their history. As the two panels above, we see Exodus teleporting to Arako grabbing Storm's shoulder and pulling her through this portal. I'm like, hey, I can't do anything. I'm going to play by the rules because I'm a good Christian boy. (laughs) And I'm going to bring in someone that can. This entrance. This shot. Stop. Oh, Storm. Lucas. And she's like, yo, Colossus, I trusted you. I gave you my vote. And I think it's really, you know, interesting the way he's like, yeah, and you just assumed I would agree with everything that you say. Right. And that's his way of being like, hello, Storm. I do agree with everything that you say. Notice that something is wrong with me. Right. Like, Help me. Little brother is what she used to call him back in the Claremont days when mm-hmm. they were on a team. Like they have, these are two people that likely, other than magic, have some of the closest relationships to Peter of anyone. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to convince anybody otherwise, but let's take a pause because Shaw has some assurances. 
he has some some backup plans in case things go awry or he has been told the folks that hey, you know we've got we've got other ways to get this handled and those other ways reveal themselves mm. in destiny and mystique's room there is something off there's something there's some tension between the two of them you didn't have my back you know you, you started going off about this is this was that a lie that Shaw is working for Orcus? Were you just trying to distract? Yeah, like what's going on? And she's like, I don't know what's going on. The world went crazy, and now all the realities are so messed up in my brain. I don't know what's real. I can't latch on to anything because everything has changed. Right. right. So this is a detail really explains how her power is working in this post sins of sinister world. She has not had that massive event awakening her powers mm-hmm. like she had when her powers first came online and she lost her sight and she wrote all those books. And then after she was resurrected in Inferno, when it happened again and she was able to see the future or even after Inferno uh, in Immortal X-Men, where she was able to see the fact that Mystique dies in all these other timelines. She saw all those potentials. All those are off the board. Right. And she can see what she's saying she's confident in is the short-term future. She can only see what's in front of her. And then she has this instant vision that Mystique is going to kill her. Right. Oh, the terror in her face. You're going to kill me. And Mystique's like, I think you got this misconstrued here. I'm not going to kill you, but I do have something I'd like to talk to you about. Um, This whole Sins of Sinister timeline. The fact that you have forsaken an entire universe to just keep me alive. I'm a tiger. You can't keep me in a cage, (laughs) baby. Mystique is a tiger. To love Mystique is to know you will lose Mystique. (laughs) Come on, Raven. Let's go. I love it. And then... You know, they seem to make up. There's a loving embrace. Oh, she's so happy. The head to head, the smile, and then Mother Righteous. Mother Righteous. And she just... mm, She turns Mystique against her love, her arm into a blade, and then stabs her. In the heart, dead immediately. Now... This whole thing is because now Shaw can use this as an argument of saying, well, now she's been resurrected by someone who's sinisterized potentially. So Super suspect. Now we've we've got another vote or another lack of a vote on our to- on our team. Which is just kind of crazy to say that okay, only Hope could have done this? Right. Only Hope could have been the one in the backup? Exactly. I mean, because she's part of the five, I guess. I guess, but to have her already be questionable because of Sinister, did no one stop and think, hey, maybe we should not do this? Right. Maybe Shaw would have, but he was plotting to use this against. Right. Look at look at him hanging out in the background as Just Destiny waiting. comes. Yeah. Just leaning up against that tree, waiting to drop his bombs. Oh, yeah, well, uh, she's, by the way. You can sit, you can listen, but you can't vote. No votes for you, Destiny. As we end... Four votes for, three votes against, five unable. We will release the sins of Krakoa to the world. This issue, like, I can't. There are just too many things. There are too too many bomb drops. My brain can't handle it. You got to, because it's happening. We're speeding to the fall. We're going to just tell everyone everything. And also, Colossus is like, hey. The the one... I'm not your puppet. Yeah. Did Did you notice how I bolded your storm? <laughs> did you did notice you the irony as I make one last attempt for you, my friend, to understand I am not under your control? 
No. Instead, Storm was just like, listen, I've been slapping you boys down left and right these last couple of weeks. I don't need nothing from you anymore. I don't need nothing from Xavier anymore. I'm going back to Araco. Leave me alone. Bye. She continues on with hope in her heart, but she should know he is trapped in a Russian novel. It is not a place for hope. <sighs> Deadlocked. Next issue. Doug Ramsey. Doug, Doug, Doug. So many gasp moments. Just insanity. Just gorgeous art. Oh, yeah. Throughout. Please. Great colors. Vibrant. Facial details. Incredible. Mother Righteous tearing through the council. Yeah. From the inside. Let me ask you. In the art where she's lighting that feather on fire the first time. Yeah. Is that... Is she doing that to Rasputin or is she doing that to Hope? Or is she preparing for what she later does to Mystique? She's doing that to Rasputin. So she's making Rasputin not let Hope in the council room? Yes. She is taking over Rasputin to essentially strike down in anger. Because I believe that this is Rasputin's eyes. And you have the black hair around her face as she even has the, the strained vessels it just i think the coloring in that kind of confused me because i thought it's those red. Were mother it looks Righteous's like mother righteous eyes. Yeah. yeah so then when you see the parallel later of storm uh of mystique's eyes do it i was just a little like what's happening here yeah the only thing that makes me confident that it's not mother righteous is you don't see the holes around her eyes for where the mask would be mm. and the sheen i guess i guess you could call that the the glint of the metal that would be Rasputin's face here. And what do you think? Are these phoenix feathers? Are, are, the, are these just some kind of magically imbued feathers? What? Yeah, I have no idea what's happening there. It just, we know so little about Mother Righteous's abilities. Yeah, it which is terrifying. Yeah. The moves that Colossus is making on behalf of Shaw now are crazy. To, to release Sins of Sinister to the world. That's so dumb. It would just drive hysteria further about mutant power and what they can do. Like, what? Like, I just don't understand. Like, even... I mean, I understand that Kate is the only one on the council who has any say against this at this moment, right? And But Storm, as well, I just don't understand how Shaw thinks that telling humans about a potential future where the mutants take them over and destroy them is a wise choice for him at all. Like, what does that do for him? It destabilizes Krakoa so that he can take over, which was the bid that he made with Mother Righteous. <sighs> and I'm not sure whose play this is, right? Is this the Everything Russians? Mother Righteous's. Right. So she's just pulling all the strings. Oh. The Russians are just watching this movie happen. I don't know. Maybe maybe they said thank you to her once. Well, because I don't know. Because the the writing, you know, the narration about the writing of Colossus's words to try and sway, they have some horse in this game. I well, think they the, also want Krakoa to be destroyed. Right. Right? So anything that helps that. I just feel like they are the ones that are calling for Sins of Sinister to be revealed and potentially also to shore up the, the power mm. that Colossus holds on the council. And Shaw is just like, yeah, why not? Yeah. See, burn it all down. He just wanted Celine on the council. Oh, God, big dummy. And then to to somehow work out some deal, because there had to have been a trade. I get Celine on the council. You get to do, you get your second vote. 
And then with that second vote, I'll back you on anything. Let's go. You want the destruction of the state? Let's do it. Yeah. Mando Mutato says, so it turns out Colossus is calling for help. Who do you think will finally realize? And it only just clicked. For you? Yeah. I mean, I want it to be Kate, but I think it's going to be Hope. Oh. Who do you think it's going to be? Doug. Oh, Doug. Well, that makes sense. Right. His power is literally to read social cues or language and and to to read the specifics Mm. on what's happening in the turmoil in Colossus. That's very true. To have that coming up next issue, it just feels... Yeah, like the timing is right. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Barusu33 wonders, did they really think Celine would stay dead? One of her powers is resurrection. I love that she's back. Plus, I mean, she's an external, which they generally just respond. You know, (laughs) that's kind of their thing. The whole Excalibur storyline of, hey, we externals, we we could come back to life. We could travel anywhere. And now everybody can do all the things thanks to Krakoa. Ah, Krakoa. I was talking to Blonde China earlier, and he was happy that Queen Celine was back. The, and the, the murder mommies seen crazy, and especially during Pride, no less. I to know. Ha- right? Like, that intense. So intense. But it just amplifies, like, the the love, right? The, yeah. The, the turmoil of Mystique, like, realizing what, what has she happened. Had done. She's like, why did I do that? I don't know. And she's immediately there when she comes out of the egg. Like, yeah. Ugh. Well, this is the first time that Michael has ever cared about the Colossus plot. Mm. Actually feeling bad for him being a prisoner in his own body. Yeah. And I just feel like everything else in that plot has been very on the surface mm-hmm. or, or seeded. And this took it and, and gave us a view into it. It's just a really interesting thing to think about now that we're seeing this and, and the question you brought up, like, is this after the severed, severed tie or has he always had this knowledge and we just haven't been able to dig into it? Like, right, does never he got know internal... that he killed his love? Like, does he know that he did all these terrible things? Like, does he know that the whole time he knows? Or It just feels because of the, the stupor that he's in when he's released mm-hmm. makes me feel like at that point he was not consciously aware. Right. So because of that, he is able to fight back. I don't know. That's just my current headcanon we'll see yeah but i think that's that's what we were talking about the last when we last saw the issue of x-force where it happened we were like is this going to be how he sort of breaks free of this because he the severing of the tie kind of weakened it yeah i think so warline thought that immortal is good but it feels lacking action wise which I think was interesting because Immortal has never really been the action book. You know, right. action has been kind of a side element to the overall larger story. This has always been the council drama book. Mm-hmm. And we did get some action or at least like snippets of action between the fights of Hope and Rasputin, the fights between Xavier and Emma. Even it's less of a fight, but, you know, the, these glamour entrance shots of Storm on this page that I can't stop staring I at. I know. And even Hope and Exodus coming in. Like, hey, what are you guys up to? What are you doing? Well, I think if you think about what you were saying, that this is more about drama than physical action, the stakes of drama in this particular issue. Very like high. Every page was something. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe there weren't a lot of fights, but I feel like this was a very intense 
right. issue. It's it just intense in a different way than traditional comics. Right. right? But it, very true to Immortal X-Men. Exactly. Like this kind of is the bread and butter of what they do. Vaderino audibly screamed Flark. He said, I could <laughs> say Frack because that's not what he said the entire time that he read it. This was soul crushing. I adore that the murder mommies have unshakable love no matter what, though. Mm-hmm. This issue was supposed to upset and frustrate us. Mission accomplished. Yeah, for sure. It's supposed to make you feel feelings. Yeah. And exactly. The fact that like Destiny is like, you're going to kill me. And Mystique's like, I'm not going to kill you. Hold on. Let me just kill you. And then as soon as she's resurrected, they're back together and they're in love. Like, it doesn't matter. Their love is unbreakable. Well, and plus Destiny doesn't remember any of that stuff because right, she wasn't backed true. up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know what happened. You tripped. <laughs> Jonathan Alvey asked, in Immortal X-Men, is the new Winter member in the Quiet Council going to be Celine or someone else? Because we have Celine introduced, but then on the title page, the square is empty. The square for that seat on the Winter Council. Well, is that because the vote hasn't happened at that point in the book yet? I do believe it has. So we're not sure. Does this take... Well, she she says in the page after the title page, like, oh, is that my chair? So, I don't know, maybe they just... Yeah. Or or maybe it's just in case the, the title page was seen mm-hmm. in previews. I don't know. I, I assume that it's going to be Celine, especially she's got the votes. Right. And I don't imagine there being an argument. Well, you know, depends on what is revealed. Right. So if Colossus is revealed to have been manipulated by Russian forces in next issue and then everybody's in question. Right. right? You get the sinisterized people in question. You got any of Colossus's votes in question. Celine, get out of here. Right. You didn't actually get here. You know, Destiny, what? Come on. I know. Then, well, then what's the council? There is none. I think that that that's the next issue after that is Xavier alone on the beach and the council crumbled around him. The council is no more. Mm-hmm. Kate leaves and goes on her ninja murder mission. Cuts her hair off. Yeah. Can't, can't wait for that. 1407 Gray Malkin said, lots of great setup. Colossus proved that he lost his friends a long time ago. Mm. They don't know him. Yeah, that's they, rough. They don't read him. They're just like, yeah, who's this guy? He's just the idiot. You know, he's just the guy that's voting the way that he feels or he's just the nice, big, dumb guy. Ugh, it's so heartbreaking. It really is. So heartbreaking. The Pikachu asked, is there any hope for someone to realize Colossus isn't himself? And I just, I, I want to double down on Doug. Yeah, I, I just, think that's a really I smart feel like choice. that's it. And I feel like the, the fact that it's next issue got yeah. to be. Where's Warlock? <laughs> not not for now. <laughs> I want him back. He's inside Nimrod. Give him back, Nimrod. I want Warlock to be the thing that saves everyone. Yeah. He like takes over Nimrod and saves the day at the end of Fall of X. Maybe. The Pikachu also was wondering if Destiny saying Shaw works for Orcus proved that Mother Righteous will be successful in taking over. And I think it does. Yeah, right? I think I think so too. And I mean, it's clear that she, she has the information. She has the power. Mm-hmm. Anybody that has th- thanked her, she is able to manipulate on levels beyond otherwise. Yeah. It's not a good look. No. Galetta Grafico wonders what role Piotr is going to have in Fall of X. And I'm curious, just like the timeline of if it's going to be revealed before that actually happens. 
with the the ghost calendars when does that end yo i don't know there's so many things happening it's great it's good things it's just hard to keep track of it all no it's great it's good things <laughs> you say that with the craziest expression on your face it's molly tally loved immortal but why are the council members not doing anything there's kate and storm god help them I know, but like, what can, what they, can do? they do? They're outvoted. This is a very, it's a very loosely formed government structure. And hold on. Let me just think about this for a second. Kate and Storm and Mystique and Destiny, thus four votes. Destiny doesn't have a vote. But in, in terms of Celine. Storm wasn't there. But then in terms of, they voted on the revealing of the sinister secrets after Destiny was resurrected? Yes, because Piotr skillfully said, well, let's take a rest, let's recess. And then the back and Got forth. It. Of so then you had you Storm, s- Kate, and Mystique on one side, and then you had Colossus with Nightcrawler's vote and Celine and Destiny on the other side. Yep. I mean, and Celine and Shaw right. on the other side. So four votes for, three votes against, five can't vote. Ugh. Yeah, there's nothing they can do is infuriating. Yeah, what do you do? Do you overthrow the government? Do you? Yes. They kind of yeah. just kill them all. That's why she's going ninja style. That's why Kate's out because she's yeah. like, I can't take you people anymore. I'm just gonna murder you, Shaw. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna sneak into Orcus and start taking people out. Maddie Bond thought that depicting Colossus's internal struggle was beautifully tragic. I love this book so much, and it really was. It was, just, it was the most depth that we have seen. For Piotr in a while. Yeah, it was amazing. And I feel like, you know, not to discredit what Ben has been doing in X-Force, but that has been small bits mm-hmm. and pieces strung along over the 30 or so issues. This right. was a solid issue of perspective. Mm-hmm. Comic Extracts has a couple of things to say about Immortal. Daniel was a little annoyed by Hope needing to resurrect Destiny, and I totally agree. We've been shown powerful enough telepaths can do it with little practice. I mean, if the issue is that all of them are compromised, Rasputin literally used her super telepathic powers in this issue. It just feels like an odd story beat that forced an outcome and shock value from the murder. But doesn't Hope have to be involved in the general resurrection process? Some kind of... So so she is the special sauce that amps up people's powers and mixes them, Right, so... Isn't there an argument that even if she wasn't the one to put the Cerebro helmet on, that she still has her hands in the resurrection? Unless you were to, and and I feel like this might have been the frantic nature of needing to do the action, if you were to have Sync or Mimic or someone else using Hope's power to play that role. Right, but I just don't, I think that, Regardless of whether or not she's the one who wore the Cerebro helmet, she's part of the five. And they they very rarely are like, let's substitute a member of the five. They really only do that when someone's dead. Sure. But I think that this might have been a reason to say, and I think this is what Daniel's saying, you, know, you are actively saying that Hope is not qualified to lead in her position. We should be using some other means mm-hmm. of resurrection. Obviously, Destiny is a priority resurrection being on the council. Mm-hmm. I don't know. He was also super confused as to what Mother Righteous has to gain from Sin's timeline being leaked. Right now, she is the only one with all the info. Isn't it a huge advantage that Sinister would never give away unless she's out 
of the loop from Shaw, but made it happen anyways. So I, I think that, that she's just trying to destabilize the mutants in general. And I don't think that Mother Righteous was in, like, I don't think that she had intel into what was happening in that meeting. So I think what you were saying about that coming from the Russians yeah. makes sense. And that her, the the plot to have Mystique kill Destiny was always in the mix because they knew that then resurrection would then cause them to have this other vote out of like out of their way yeah. for anything they want to do. So I don't think that she specifically did that to help the release of the sinister secret. I think that she did that because it was just a way for them to have another chance at an upper hand. And it just happened to coincide with the fact that Colossus was also proposing this other thing. Yeah. But overall, these awkward questions, a lack of clarity and a whole lot of new questions and some of the odd pacing made Immortal feel like a miss for me this week. In stark contrast to the previous few issues, honestly, to me, it felt like it had the emotional resonance and confusion that was so common in Judgment Day under Gillen's pen. Maybe it's just because I wanted to try to think of why this is happening or why this makes sense. And we're still dealing with all the fallout of Sins of Sinister that this still feels very fresh in mind. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think in some instances there are... There are moments in stories that we always look at as readers or people who experience the story and we go, well, why didn't you just do that? And the answer is like, because then there wouldn't be a story. Sure, and so right? it's like, I get it. Like from a logical standpoint, it makes sense that you would want to have someone else involved in resurrection so that that doesn't happen. But then we wouldn't have this story point. So I hear exactly the, the saying of like, you're doing that just for the story point. It's but the same thing with Rhodey and Tony. Right. And, and why did they mess it up? Well, because we needed to move this plot along. Right. Exactly. And and in that instance, too, like, how would they have known that someone was going to get framed for murder in that instance? Sure. You know? They cleared the whole facility. There right. was nobody there. So, I mean, everyone's experience in, in reading the comics is valid. Um, I'm sorry that you didn't feel satisfied by it because I, it was, was, I loved, it. loved it so much. That's it. That's all we got. That's well, a, she, that's all we got. That's all says, we got. It's, like, a, it's a long episode. It's a big one. That was a, that was a doozy. Yeah. And then next week's also got a lot too. Well, what do we got? The excellent number four. Ooh. I have number three. Are you excited? I saw it on the table underneath the comic bag. I was like, is this trying to be hidden from me? Uh, I just didn't want to confuse you this week. <laughs> no, you didn't want to be like, ooh, you got to read this. Yeah. X-23, Deadly Regenesis number four. That seems quick. Same with Bishop, right? Yeah. It just felt like trying to wrap things up, but yeah, yeah, it does. Rogue and Gambit number four, okay. Wolverine number thirty-four, Ooh. and X Men Red number twelve. Jeez Louise! Yeah, which that this is what I was saying a week or two ago. Space these titles out. <laughs> Give me X Men on another week that Immortal and Red and Wolverine are not on, right? Because in my mind, those are my four favorite books right now. I think. I know. Red, Immortal, X-Men, and Wolverine. X-Forces are like, it. I feel like an argument can be made for both things, right? Because if you space those books out and you put one of those books with like all smaller titles, then you're automatically going to poo-poo the smaller titles because of the epicness of the one main title. And then when you have the main titles together, you're like, oh, which one was the best? I don't know. They're all so good. But then on the opposite end of it, if you do spread them out, then you get that burst of awesome every week. So 
or it's difficult. Yeah, I, I mean, know. I don't, I don't want to poo-poo an entire week. That's basically my argument. Give me, give me but some fire if, each week. But if you have to find the fire in the smaller books, because there isn't fire in another thing, it might make you appreciate the smaller books more. Maybe. We'll never know. No, we're we don't. Work for we Marvel. don't control the releases. Yet. No, just kidding. <laughs> Captain Marvel number 50 also comes out. Amazing Spider-Man number 27. That's from me. Black Panther number one. I'm probably not going to pick it up. I yeah, say okay. that. I'm not. You're, you're smiling. I'm not. You're getting it. I, I feel it in your soul. I did not enjoy the last run. I only got the couple of issues because of Storm's involvement. Eve Ewing is the writer now on Black Panther. And, you know, they have a great track record. So just play this back for yourself next week before you go to the comic shop don't get it justin you're not doing it until next time old friend charles where are you thanks so much for joining us today on the ex-wife podcast be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends the ex-wife podcast is produced in providence rhode island by alicia and justin our music is by Quan. <laughs>